Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen. My pronouns are Fae Fair, and joining me is... I'm your co-host, Ben Enns, and my pronouns are she, they. Wait, my, I just uh, noticed in this word doc, my pronouns are she, them. Oh, wow. <laughs> I I deleted the last letter and had to... And I, oh, yeah, anyway. Uh, and joining us once again is anime and trails connoisseur, Ina. Uh, hi, my name is Ina. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and this is by far the most embarrassing way anyone's ever uh, described me in my entire life. Trails connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. Um, today, we are covering the seventh and it, final Karuno Kokiyama. Today, we are co- covering... <laughs> I'm keeping all of this in. Don't cut any of it. <laughs> Today, we are covering the seventh and final Karuno Kyokai movie, but first, we have a distressing amount of anime to say a few words about. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. In some cases, more than a few words, and we also have trails. Ina, would you like to start with your trails minute? I didn't come in expecting to do this, but I guess, I guess I, okay. Um, What's the pitch on, okay, okay, what's the name of the series, and what's the pitch on trails? Okay, the name of the series is The Legend of Heroes. Um, it was, I think, the first or the first or second thing that Falcom, the like small Japanese game dev, worked on. Like they have this and they have East, which you may have heard of. Uh, the thing about The Legend of Heroes is that it is a more like episodic kind of uh, like every game is just kind of its own thing. Like Xanadu is a Legend of Heroes game, kind of an older classic. Um, so it would be like Legend of Heroes, colon, some game. Um, mm-hmm. Then eventually they did like a trilogy of games that were all kind of related. And then after that, Legend of Heroes 6, Trails in the Sky. And ever since all of those, they have only been Legend of Heroes, colon, Trails, something, something, something. And all of the Trails games are interconnected games that are sequels to each other but are like divided into like clean story arcs all of which are set within like a specific country on this fictional continent that they have created and uh you're saying they just made up a continent i'm saying they just made up two continents whoa and have now made (laughs) uh like 10 games set on one of their two continents fascinating and people keep saying how many trails games are there going to be and the guy who directs all the trails games is like i'd say we're about 60 percent done and then he'll make three more and he'll be like no we're 70 percent done and instead (laughs) of um taking that as like oh the guy is just kind of like guessing or just kind of throwing out a number based on the sketch in his head that obviously changes every time they make a new game Mm -hmm. uh all the fans take this as literal statistical number that uh, they think they can calculate the number of games left in the series from. It's really funny. That that's a, seems it, like a fool's errand. That's that's fan behavior to me. But all the fans also know that uh, <laughs> two of the games got like created whole cloth during the planning process of one of the other games, and just like <laughs> sprang from nothing. And they talk about it all the time as like a fun trivia fact. So I don't know how they square this circle in their head. Mm, this seems like a Sisyphean effort to get into the series. At this point, <laughs> it's actually easier than it's ever been because uh, <laughs> in America, 
Uh, this this series started in like 2004 in Japan, mm-hmm. and we got the first one on the PSP in America in 2010. And then the second one in America on the PSP as a downloadable only game in like 2015 <laughs> or something like that. And then we skipped three games and got one on the Vita and PS3 and eventually PS4 and then got its sequel. And then we went back and got the third game and then we skipped the fourth and fifth games. It does seem like a real efficient way to work your way through the series just to nope. not have <laughs> access to half of it. Yeah, it was a real nightmare um, of localization. All the localizations were very uh, like disastrous and it's changed um american publishers a couple of times Mm. and uh but now as of literally like three weeks ago uh we have all of the games that are out in uh english officially and if you have a pc you can just play them in order and they're all cheap and all you have to do is be someone who wants to play 60 to 90 hour rpgs are each of them 60 to 90 hour rpgs they get longer over time, but... You know, I yeah. have zero sympathy for you in any aspect of your life at this moment. <laughs> at this point, all of them come with, like, a like a turbo mode speed-up option. It mm, just makes the game go two to six times faster. The whatchamacallit? Final Fantasy twelve remake had that, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, these have been doing that for years and years. Mm, it's a smart idea, given how much RPGs suck just to walk around. These are also, like, really weirdly slow paced. Like, there are just a lot of, like, glacially slow panning shots in, like, every cutscene that just don't need to be that way. They love to show every single character fully walk in and out of every room in every cutscene. <laughs> I, I don't know the why. classic, like, all, the whole block of people walk in together. They do one at yeah. a time. Like, it's a stage show. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it, at first, it was kind of like, oh, well, like, the first five games have this like very cute um presentation where it's like an isometric perspective everything looks like these Mm -hmm. like cute little like dioramas and the characters have these like little doll sprites and they're like pseudo 3d but eventually they just started doing like normal like 3d models once Mm -hmm. they moved to the vita and eventually the ps4 and they still do it (laughs) so it sucks what's the appeal (sighs) the appeal of trails i think comes in sort of two maybe three main probably two main places and it's mostly to do with like the world and the narrative um the way that you interact with those things um Mm -hmm. i i think like the part where you play the game is like fine it's like starts pretty middle quality jrpg combat and eventually becomes like pretty deep and you can kind of like they just sort of keep adding mechanics to these games without, uh, like, taking anything away or making other changes. They just keep putting things on in a way that uh, makes them very complicated, but also very easy to just sort of, like, bust open in a way that is, like, fun. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, but not, like, terribly complicated. There's sort of, like, that uh, space of JRPG that is, like, halfway between, like, a tactical game and, like, a normal turn-based combat game where like everyone is like sort of on a grid and you have freedom of movement and like all your attacks have like areas of effect that you kind of have to like manage positioning in addition to like turn order and stuff so that's fine but i think most of it is that the setting and like the world of the series is like 
really meticulously fleshed out. Um, and there is a lot of effort paid to uh, making everything fit together and making everything proceed. Uh, not only like realistically, but also, um, I don't know. It's hard to hard to put into mm-hmm. words. I guess I should just use like examples. Um, it, okay. it, it feels like there is more thought put into the setting than a lot of like fantasy games. It's kind of a, a world where things were just kind of normal for a long time, like middle ages shit. And then someone invented like fantasy electricity or like discovered uh-huh. fantasy electricity. Uh-huh. And suddenly all of like modern technology is being invented very quickly in like a 50 year time span. Mm-hmm. So like cars and trains and airplanes have like all like come up in different parts of the world kind of simultaneously and like had massive effects on things like the economy and how like militaries work. Um, and like trade and everything, but these happened in different parts of the world and like affected the cultures of their countries differently. Hmm. Um, and then in like the fourth and fifth games, like the internet is like being invented in like a small local area and telephones <laughs> are happening. Um, but like only in this place and like eventually in later games, you see it like start to spread to other places. And so initially, like the first arc of the series is set in like kind of a small pastoral company or country that was like invaded by like a big aggressive empire. And it's kind of sandwiched between the two big empires on this continent. And that was 10 years ago. And like the scars of this like brief war that they had before they kind of beat off this empire um, have like lingered and like all the characters were affected by it and all of them um, like they talk about it all the time. The wounds of this conflict like permeate the game and all of the politics and the way that like all of the factions between like the local governments and this country's like military and their like civic organizations are all like kind of like coming up like the way your characters who are doing kind of a normal JRPG quest um, in this country, they kind of like run into all of these groups who have different like opinions on the sort of like uh, citizens do-gooders organization that they belong to. Um, as they interact with like more official governmental organizations and they all kind of have different ways that they have responded in the last 10 years. And then later, much later, you go to the actual empire. The like sixth through eighth games are set within that empire. You're like children at a military academy inside of this overtly fascist empire that has like a really strict caste system. Um, like nobles exist um and there's like a a class reformation and there is a civil war that is like on the verge of happening and nobody talks about this like momentous war that happened in this small country because nobody gives a shit about it nobody cares nobody remembers because they have done this to like 10 other countries in the last 10 years because they are constantly just gobbling up other little territories that are the size of that country and uh it's just not a thing on anybody's mind and you can go and like read books about like Oh, yeah, we did this thing and it, like, didn't work. And there was, like, some internal, like, political reason. Like, some uh, big house was like, oh, yeah, we should do this. And it, like, didn't work out. But we went and we annexed this other place for this resource or whatever. And it just doesn't ever come up. Or, like, um, there's a little city-state that the fourth and fifth games take place in. That is, um, it's existed for 70 years. And it's, like, a big tech hub. And it's a place where, like, a lot of innovation happens. 
And it's not a real country because the fake Catholic Church, there's just like a fake Vatican City. Of course, in this, um, you did say it was an RPG. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh, everyone in this, like a shortcut they use is that everybody is like a fake real world country. Like the big empires are fake America and fake Germany. Arknights. I was about yes. to say, a lot of this sounds like Arknights. Extremely Arknights. Um, it has just had the benefit of like going for 15 years, right? <laughs> um, so uh, this little city state is like sandwiched between these two empires that hate each other and are like always on the verge of war. And both of these empires claim that they own this city state. So mm. there's this like constant cold war. And the whole government of the city-state that is, like, barely allowed to, like, have its own laws um, is basically, like, split into two factions that are, like, bought by these other governments. Um, so it is, like, a very, like, shitty, like, kind of corrupt place, but also where a lot of, like, corporate stuff happens. And, like, the big, like, international bank is based there and, like, all this stuff. And this is this place is called Crossbell. And, like, everyone else in the world calls it, like, the Crossbell Problem. Because it is, like, this big source of, like, international tension that's been, like, kind of boiling in the background of, like, all international politics for, like, many decades. Um, and at one point, uh, when you're playing as people who live in that country for two games, um, there is, like, an international trade conference that is held. And it's, like, the first time, like, a conference of this scale has been uh, held anywhere in, like, a hundred years. And you meet the representatives from the country that you hang out in in the first game. And it's like very fun because you get to like check in with all these people that you played as in the first three games. Mm -hmm. And that is like another part of the appeal of these games is like eventually you get this like really interconnected web of people and they're like complex relationships that is like personal as well as political. Hmm. And this person who is like uh, shown in her own games to be like, oh, like she's like a young princess, but she's really capable and like really smart. And she's going to grow up to be like a really cool regent and everyone loves her. And then she shows up in this game and she is like talking to people who live in Crossbell and have like lived in fear. Um, like a big part of Crossbell's history is that there are just like all these like accidents, like, Oh, these like trucks will blow up or like the planes will crash. And it's like very clear that these two big governments are like causing problems behind the scenes to like kind of like incite unrest to give one of them an opening to like make a big play to like actually take ownership of the city state and she calls it the crossbell problem and they're like don't fucking call it that like we live here like we're we're people and we don't like that and she's just like oh yeah no i could see how that would be like kind of offensive to like reduce you guys to this like economic term um and it's that kind of like attention to specific detail i think was really attractive to people early in the series um it kind of gets shed a little bit i'm playing trails of cold steel now which is where you play in the fascist empire and you play as students like little baby boys and girls at a military academy and a lot of this game is like did you know that nobles are mean to commoners. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, but there's, like, to kind of balance it out, the kid in your party who, like, hates nobles the most is just, like, a really annoying asshole about it. And they eventually, <laughs> like, give him a backstory where he's like, actually, I only hated nobles because of this, like, 
really fucked up thing that happened in my past where uh, my cousin was courted by a noble and his family didn't like it because she was a commoner and he was like a really important noble uh, and they basically harassed her until she killed herself and then he was not cool about it um, and that's why I hate nobles actually and not for any like real ideological reason um, and like does not acknowledge that that in itself is like a symptom of like a system that is like deeply fucked up right Mm-hmm. Um, and his arc in these games is like learning actually that like all the nobles in his class are nice people and he he might not like nobles in general but uh, he should actually just hate the system and not the people but it doesn't like get into like oh the system is bad it just kind of gets into like oh maybe everyone should just be friends uh-huh, uh-huh. this is this is rpgs to me yeah yeah it, but it's like disappointing because it comes uh-huh. after five games of it being much smarter and more nuanced than that about politics mm-hmm. in general. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, there's a little bit of this, right? Like, the the reformist faction that wants to, like, abolish the class system is also led by the group of people who are also aggressively expanding the empire uh-huh. um, and, like, annexing all of the smaller nations and, like, that are, like... Uh, have control of resources that they can use to like expand the empire's railway system that has like enabled them in the last few years to uh, become like a much stronger military power. But they don't really do anything with it. And they kind of just make everyone seem like a stupid idiot who uh, just like has like a very black and white belief about like what is good and bad about the, the, the nature of their class system or whatever their personal beef is with the person who makes them like or not like the thing that they do or don't like in a way that uh, is often just kind of goofy and stupid. Um, well, in a know, way that sucks. <laughs> you've you've definitely sold me on this series. <laughs> it's the thing. Um, I I don't recommend trails to people. No, no, because no. it is like an you enormous. You got to be a really specific type of person to get into something like this, and like, yeah, it's too I, much now. I'm the kind of person who can get a lot out of something that's like flawed in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm also not a, lo- a person with a lot of time. Like we, yeah, we, uh, me and Fen technically uh, uh, forgot to ask you for your ET time, which is why we allowed you to subject us to this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hold yeah. us hostage, and talk about trails for a while. Yeah. Um. But also, we we absolutely could not have even played a little bit of these games. And I would never have asked you to, is the thing. No, no, no. Oh, wait, I just totally lost my train of thought. But yeah, it's just, we don't don't have time to to do it, even though it would have been easier to, like, chat about it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it sounds like there's some cool stuff in there. The other thing about them is that they chase trends really hard. And they've Mm. been going for long enough that the trends have changed enormously in the space Mm -hmm. of like popular anime so like the earliest trails games have a lot in common with like slow life 90s ovas (laughs) like trails in the sky has like really strong like yokohama kadashi kiko vibes Mm -hmm. of like it is set in a pastoral country um it has like a spunky female protagonist um People are very, like, rural, and uh, there's a lot of time taken to just, like, kind of enjoy vibes and enjoy um, that kind of 
I don't want to say traditional, but that sort of like, like that pastoral energy mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. sipping your coffee and going fishing and shit like that. Um, and nowadays and is, it's like, well, fascism isn't that bad, really. No, no, I, I wouldn't it. say that. I do think that Trails of Cold Steel is very like, <laughs> fascism is bad, but uh-huh, it is uh-huh. like liberalism is good. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> not right. um, Eventually, the, like the civil war happens, and instead of siding with the noble faction or the reformist faction, and to their credit, the noble faction is painted as like, much much worse in all mm-hmm. things the main characters are like side with like the imperial prince who was a main character in the first trilogy who like his eyes are opened to like how to be a cool guy in those games and he comes back and starts trying to like reform things from the inside and they decide to be good king yes yes they decide to be the the third way faction who doesn't take a side in the conflict and just goes around stopping bad things that they see they they they're the kiro yamados yeah i was gonna say isn't that the plot of seed like uh generously the plot of seed i don't think it's nearly that stupid but it is the spirit of it Mm. um my only trails opinion is that i like fi fee Fee, Fee, yeah, no, Fee. Fee's great. I like her That's a lot. the thing. In uh. Cold Steel, like, by the time of Cold Steel, the problem is that they have, the, like, their primary inspiration is that, like, the most popular anime on TV are, like, fucking, uh, like, light novels for 13-year-old boys anime adaptations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. So, like, your main character is a very special boy with a mysterious past and, like, a super cool superpower that he mm-hmm. says is, like, not cool and he never, like, takes praise for anything, but he's clearly the best strongest coolest handsomest nicest boy that everyone falls in love with Uh and they like develop this like weird like pseudo dating sim aspect and you definitely like pick a girlfriend and like every girl falls in love with him by the end of like the third game Mm -hmm. and like it's not like ever that like extreme and it's not as rancid but like the way that they do this like harms like in the first three games there is like a love story between main characters in a way that there can't be in these games because everyone has to like center their development around this one character and he has to like pick one right this is one of my least favorite things in anything Uh is that style of we can't really have plot beats or like we can't have too much character because then uh we might not end up with the protagonist yeah so and they do it a little bit like every character has like one relationship with one other member of their class Mm. but then all of their other shit happens to the main guy and it like the cast is twice as big as any of the other casts in any of the other games and it only gets bigger yeah it's very weird and it was controversial and it was weird because like cold steel was like the thing that made trails popular outside of japan i got part of that was availability but part of it was that it chased trends how Um, long have we been talking about trails found i'm very sorry i just want to say uh we're at 27 minutes (laughs) i did call it a trails 10 (laughs) but yeah okay to be fair we didn't do you have a last about trails trails. four minutes in but I think if you're the kind of person with the temperament for a very slow-paced game that rewards 
mostly just like walking around and talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, like most of the quests in most of these games are just like hanging out and chatting with people mm-hmm. um, and then like going to like do something like small and inconsequential for them. Uh, these are maybe worth investigating. Uh, they have many highs and lows, much like high school football. Like high school football, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> um, the epic highs and lows of <laughs> Trails of Cold Steel. Cold Steel is a controversial arc. I have heard that the one that follows it has like walked back a lot of the stuff that made it mm. both popular and, mm. in my opinion, much worse than everything that came before it. So I'm excited for that. But uh, most people won't ever find out because that'll be game 11. Wow. Of question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) Well, there's 60%. in. So they say. I've seen my my third eye has been opened. I've seen another world. And now I'm closing my third eye (laughs) protecting that world. (laughs) I I would never recommend trails. I, I, I let people find out if they want in. And then I, and then I'm happy to talk about it, but I never ask. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ina, last season of anime, you uh, were on this, uh, when the last season ended, you watched all of the anime we watched the season before last. And the first episode. And the first episode of all this uh, anime that we were planning on watching this season that just ended. Yes. That was Uh, honestly one of the sickest weeks of my life in a a literal and metaphorical sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was very funny. And now, through sheer happenstance, you're on the episode where we talk about the uh, end of the season and check in on all of those shows. Honestly, I wish I'd known that you were doing that. I would have uh, done that instead of playing like 200 hours of trails in the last three and a half weeks. The tenor of the opening of this episode would have been very different. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go over these pretty quickly. Let's start with the the bottom of the barrel for us. Near? Near? It's probably near, right? Near's bottom of the barrel for me. You watched the first episode of Near... Near uh, whatever it is, it's it's like a number sequence. Near reincarnation, something, 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 something. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you get past the first episode? One, four, one. That was a, that was a pie joke. Mm. It was really funny. How many episodes of Near did I watch? But fast. <laughs> Two. Two. Okay. Then I gave up. Then, did you did you give up on the first episode? It might have been the first episode. Okay. Um the first episode of Near is like awful. It's one of the worst Nails episodes of anime oh, I've ever bad. seen. Unbelievable. Uh, it's it's got terrible CG. It's like a bad adaptation, a one-to-one adaptation of the beginning of the game, which is a pretty like n- not that exciting yeah. part of the game. Um there's literally nothing that demonstrates or like hints that they're doing anything interesting with the anime. The OP is bad. The OP is bad. It's just it's all around awful. Uh the next I watched up until the first time that they went on hiatus, mm-hmm. which was up until episode <laughs> four. Um it does the first episode is even more inexplicable watching the next three. Because the next three are all like Oh, we're going to do like, we're not just going to tell you the story of the game again. We're going to do other stuff. 
Uh, and I really don't understand why they started with such a bad episode. That said, I didn't go back after the hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> what stuff were they doing? Um, so they're the the second or third episode is about a machine who wants to grow flowers mm-hmm. um and get some friends to help it grow a bunch of flowers mm-hmm. uh and then uh there's also additional characters um there's one who's in the stage play i think who gets uh, added huh um yeah and so it's like if you really like that world and want to spend more time there, there's stuff there for you, but like, it was not... With a lot of Yoko Taro stuff, I feel like the things that people find mostly interesting is the little vignettes with characters that don't last very long, and then uh, something tragic happens, and they die, or their dog dies, or something. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it's, it's got more of those. Yeah. <laughs> New ones yeah. of those. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, we didn't we, we didn't really watch much of it, though. No. You know what else we dropped? We got eight episodes into Fire Hunter and ended up dropping it. Ina, you did not watch this, yes? No, this is a new one for me. Uh, Fire Hunter really, really wants to be a Ghibli movie from the era of Princess Mononoke, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. It is an interesting premise, Uh which is if humans... At some point, something happened so that if humans touch fire... Uh Uh-huh. They burst into flame. Uh-huh. And I like love explode. When something happens at some point. Um Yeah. So it's like a post post industrial post apocalypse yeah. where they've rediscovered industry through monster blood. <laughs> yes. The mm-hmm. like they can use monster blood fire because mm-hmm. uh, it's not like real fire. Yeah. But a spark will kill everyone. Yeah. Basically. Uh, especially in a city. Mm-hmm. If, you know, a house goes up, then anyone who gets hit by a spark that comes off of that house also mm-hmm. goes on fire and like etc um all the we, screenshots from this are very pretty yeah it it looks it's a mix sometimes it looks good in the way that like 80s anime looks yes. good um it is extremely uh the thing that i heard was i don't remember who the director is um but it was He's him cool just getting a bunch of his buddies together to make an old anime. Uh-huh. And, like, it feels like an old anime. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, it, like, when it's, it does, like, interesting animation stuff sometimes. But then, like, you can really feel the strain when, like, all of a sudden it's just, like, watercolored still images for, yeah. like, yeah. ten minutes. As a fight scene happens. definitely looks like an aesthetic you can't keep up. Yeah. Oh. Um, On, like, a TV time and budget crunch i think it was getting somewhere when we dropped it uh and like maybe i'll go back at some point if people are like oh season two is really good maybe i'll go back uh it's about a girl who um uh wanders out into the forest to get medicine from some like forest people and a fire hunter which is like a monster hunter uh, gets killed protecting her, and she has to go on a journey to return his dog and his uh, weapon to the capital city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other stuff happens. Yeah, and it or it it is her story, and then it is the story of that fire hunter's kid in the <laughs> in the city doing his starting a revolution, working for a, a revolutionary like difficult to tell. 
Yeah. Uh, Ina is just posting pictures of the the fire hunter lady that picks up the girl uh, yeah. pretty early on. She she's <laughs> cool. she is very cool looking. You guys seen this lady? Uh, the funniest thing about her is that uh, all the fire hunters have a hunting dog, and hers is the last chihuahua in the world. <laughs> Fuck yes. so it's a very ugly chihuahua. <laughs> I don't know. This show sounds really uh, sounds really good to me based on these four images I've put in the chat. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, um, it's, it's got its charm points. Yeah. We just uh, didn't like follow through on it. Yeah. Um, Sugar Apple Fairy Tale. We watched the whole thing. <laughs> This is um, probably the one I'm most interested in, uh, well, hearing how that went. How much can you stomach a uh, heterosexual Tome drama romance? Oh, I can I can stomach a lot of that. Okay, because it's a lot of that, and it does yeah. it pretty well, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So this is the one about the world where there are fairies, and the fairies are enslaved. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, this one was like... Yeah, it's like, oh yeah. I want to believe in you. you. This was a light novel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You hear that? You're like, fourteen mm. of them, in fact. Last I looked. Uh huh. Jesus. Christ. I would love for this to be good, but I, I don't know. It's Ooh. also, it's not about uh fairy slavery at all, really. It's about confectionaries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the art of making uh fancy little sculptures out of magic sugar. Yeah, this it is, is not what the first episode suggests. It is a little bit about fairy slavery in that, uh, yeah, in that, like, a, a trait used to denote people as villains is often, oh, they treat fairies like property, mm -hmm. and the good people treat fairies like people. <laughs> Even though often those people still literally own those fairies. Yeah, yeah, it does. I don't think it's, it knows that slavery is bad and probably somewhere in its 14 uh book run does something with it mm -hmm. <laughs> uh and uh, uh shall the 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 main fairy boy the, the like pretty boy from very early on uh she she frees him almost immediately yeah uh, and he just hangs out because he's in love you yeah know what i mean uh-huh well and then okay spoilers for the end skip ahead like literally 10 seconds if you don't want to hear them uh, he does sell himself back into slavery that's, that's so that uh, she can uh, win a competition. <laughs> oh, oh my uh, fucking god. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, they it have is... confirmed there's a season two of this. Yes. <laughs> Very funny. I don't know that they would have, that they could have, like, really gone for that ending. <laughs> if, uh, if they didn't know there was going to be a second season immediately following. Uh, not immediately, but or it is coming at some pretty point. Pretty soon. Yeah, um, no, it's wild. There's this uh, uh, girl who's like, oh, I think this guy is hot, so I'm going to offer to buy him. And then, if I can't do that, blackmail him into <laughs> becoming my slave. <laughs> it, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so? <laughs> it it, it is not bag? like... Mixed bag. I mixed bag. I think it, it looks fairly good. Yeah. I think the drama works pretty well. I, it's definitely got like a weird, well, slavery's bad, but we can't really do anything about it kind of like vibe. And also, one of the like wildest single episode twists were when they said that original sin <laughs> in this world is that uh, the first woman, Eve, fucked a fairy instead of a man. <laughs> The fake Catholic Church do be out here. That's fucking sick. It's a, it that's was so such funny. A funny. They almost immediately were like, "Well, that's not really what happened." But like, that's but it what is. Yes. Uh huh. Um. 
It is, yes, it is very like, oh, yes, this is a shoujo light novel. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like, oh, I'm being oppressed because I'm a girl, but I'm so cool. I'm going to get through it. Uh huh. And um, beautiful men are going to help me get there. Yes. Yeah. Um, Who are like four to five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. 1010. Or uh what is it uh, magical, magical revolution of the genius young girl and the reincarnated lady i think Something those are like reversed that. um fuck the, yeah fuck yeah yeah this is this is you watch the rest of 1010 no no you will. just watch the first episode i'm gonna watch the rest of 1010 i would say it's worth it i think yeah. there's some good stuff in there um yes i would say it's worth it i would say that there's good stuff i would say it is it really clearly paints just how bad every Yuri adaptation is. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> this is, like, a perfectly serviceable adaptation. <laughs> yeah. And I'm out here going, like, oh, my God, finally, thank you. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It's I would say a, it's, like... There's a, there's a cute vampire maid in it. Uh, oh, she's incredible. Uh, there's some cool fights. Yeah. Uh, the the main character is Saber again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shout outs. I'll take it. It is very funny just how much she is Saber. What if Saber was gay. Yeah. I'm never gonna say no. Um, I think uh, it has gotten me interested in reading the light novels. I think I think the adaptation is. I think they knew they only had one season. Yeah. I think that they rushed it in order to get to the gay shit, which is mm -hmm. good, but also uh, the story kind of... The pacing is bizarre, yes. and uh, I don't know that the story like comes together in a way that feels satisfying. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is good stuff, and I'm definitely going to read the no light novels at some yeah. point just to see. The basic... The basic pitch isn't that interesting to me, but I think some parts of the world are interesting, you know? Yeah. You know, isekai stuff is never really my bag. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is about a princess who comes from another world to bring capitalism and industry to these uh, fantasy people. Genuinely, all I want from this is for them to be cute. And they're, cute. they're very cute. They're very cute. <laughs> um, there was an unexpected second pairing that popped up towards the end, too, that was very cute. Uh -huh. That's more than welcome. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... The best show of last season. I can't believe we have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Onimai. <laughs> Onishan wa Oshimai. Uh, you know, I remember, I believe your words <laughs> about the first episode of, of this were, it's boring and also bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt really bad. Oh no, you shouldn't feel bad. Uh, the, the early stuff, I was like gritting my teeth to get through. I was like, "Oh, the the animation's really cute. Maybe it's not going to be so bad, but it did get good." Yes. So, um, I like Once it cooled off a little bit. It got good. Yes, I like the manga. I don't think it's it is not a perfect manga in any stretch of the by any stretch no, of the imagination. It's very trashy. What's um, Onimai about, first? but also okay. So Onimai is about a twenty six, like mid twenties, neat whose sister drugs him. And uh, he wakes up the next morning, uh, drugs him without his knowledge. Mm -hmm. Wakes up the next morning, and he's a 13-year-old. He's older than that, right? Middle school starts at Does it? 12 or 13. Anyway, he's just, he's 13, just a 14, small 14. creature so, now. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Uh, Kid-shaped. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it is about her figuring out how to live as a girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, one of those. The, uh, and Nekotofu, the mangaka, has said this, that the, or the manga is a gender bender, which means that to some extent, Mahiro, who's the main character, needs to express uh, his masculinity. Mm-hmm. Or it, it stops being a gender bender and it just becomes a like cute girls doing cute things comedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and yeah, this is a great adaptation in several respects. First off, it looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of like... Yes, that's a complicated thing to say because there's a lot of shots that might make you cover your eyes <laughs> uh, <laughs> or cover the eyes of anyone the around way, you. The way that breasts move in this show is ter- like legitimately terrifying. <laughs> it, is, it is body horror to me. <laughs> um, they writhe on people's chest. <laughs> uh, but like the a lot of... When I say it looks great, there's so much fun animation of Mahiro just being a little creature um, and making silly faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the adaptation they decision decisions that they made was one, um, eventually Mahiro gets caught uh, by a like, um, I don't know, like a neighborhood police not a police officer but mm-hmm. someone walking around looking for like truant truant officer yeah uh and so has to go to middle school and uh the that takes a while it's like fourth or th- it's at least the third volume if not the fourth or fifth um and they move those the middle school characters they move way earlier in the anime which is a great choice because uh the diversity of cast helps it a lot yes and the beginning is like mostly one-off gags Mm -hmm. which is like i i would say that's most of the first episode but then they move pretty quickly towards still it's still a like gag show but it it moves pretty quickly towards being more cohesive story yeah um so that's one adaptation decision that that was great uh the second is that they didn't have to write a gender bender comedy. They could look at the source material and say, this is a story about a trans girl mm-hmm. and write the show as if it was a story about a trans girl. You said you heard production staff talk, say something. Like they that. have like tweeted publicly about like, oh yeah, like there's been discussion about if we think that this is a trans story. Yes, we do. Of course we do. It was very funny. The final, the final outro, the final ED all was in trans yes very dumb (laughs) um like yeah uh which is fun because uh so there's a or way earlier and again uh they like reorganize stuff to to make it hit better Mm -hmm. um way earlier in the manga or there's a a time where the drug is wearing off and mahiro has to retake it Uh and in the manga that is a oh we're on a trip i have to do this uh because of emergency situations i don't really have to think about the like uh the long-term effects of this like yeah i'll be a girl for a while longer but i'm doing it because it's an emergency um and the anime turns that moment into my hero gets a while to think about it and his sister's like you're gonna have to spend a a while longer as a girl are you sure you want to do this and my hero gets like yeah a while like the rest of the night 
basically to think about it and um the the like end of that scene or the end of that uh trip is him or her standing in the moonlight and like being like you know i would be really happy if i got to stay as a girl for a while longer (laughs) um and it's just like a really warm and like it's a great uh yeah again i keep saying adaptation but it's a great change of the source material to better fit an anime and like yeah the source is still there but they're telling their own story with it Mm -hmm. yeah i think if there was a other stuff this season uh, i probably would have been a little bit lower on it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but it's still pretty and it's fun Uh, and it was like it was a treat in the desert of this season yes um ten ten being so like up and down uh you know what i mean uh like well at least onimai will be fun yeah yeah i i can't i can't like this is this onimai to me is ino's trails i can't like (laughs) recommend it to anyone ino's trails in that also you seized control of the podcast for a while just to talk about it and its production yeah uh i think i like hearing about it more though Uh uh-huh um oh then then we liked hearing about trails yeah 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 um in that like i can't in good conscience say to anyone you should watch this Mm -hmm. because there is enough uh stuff for perverts yeah in there that is like yes in addition to the production staff tweeting about uh it being a trans story their production staff being like oh thank you so much for letting me like draw my hero's feet wasn't there a woman <laughs> who did that yes that? shout out to that woman honestly yeah sometimes um, you just gotta live your dreams uh-huh and like yeah i think it does calm all, it does calm down a whole lot yeah, yeah. uh after the first like third i'd say yeah, yeah, um after that uh and there's so much just like yeah the animation is incredible fen's animation pervert side uh, uh has grown and become unstoppable <laughs> also my hero makes incredible noises it's really funny <laughs> just to listen to my hero like shriek yeah anyway that's uh that was anyway. last season's anime yep we also watched a couple of do you want to do let let's take an anime break Mm-hmm. Ben, you watched a bunch of slasher movies? I did watch a few slasher movies and horror movies uh, with uh, with my uh, non-podcasting, non-anime-pilled wife, Heather. Good for her. Yeah, I know. She's free Shout of sin. Out. She did watch 1010 with us and thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's see. So I watched... Uh, what's the order I watched these in? Well, we watched Skinamarink first, which is a movie about... Uh, it's a new horror movie. It was in theaters. It's very divisive because a lot of people think it's very, very boring, which it is, but also it's cool. It's <laughs> uh, up my alley. It's shot with like a really like uh, in like a really like blurry uh, like 90s or 80s camera kind of style. You know what I mean? Like like home movie camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about a couple of kids who wake up one night to find that their parents are gone and also uh the doors and windows to their house have disappeared oh. uh yeah and it's just like this long slow uh them playing the tv constantly because it's the only source of light that works consistently while like spooky shit happens around them 
That sounds uh-huh. great. It's really cool. It's also very long and very slow, so mm. it gets it gets a bit sleepy. But uh, and I don't know how it's stressful more than it is scary. So if you're looking for big scares, that's probably not going to happen for you. You know mm. what I mean? But I mm. recommend it. I think it was great. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like my kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was cool. Then I was like, oh, let's watch some, let's watch some slashers. So we ended up watching, I finally, uh, I've gotten used to a horror enough to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Which is a great movie. I liked that more than I thought I was going to. I liked the other slashers less. Mm. Texas Chainsaw Uh, Massacre is like hugely underrated. And I think it is mostly from people who haven't seen it. Uh huh. Who like assume that it is a different kind of movie than it is. Well, it's definitely like a kind of gross exploitation, like uh, mutant hillbillies kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, like uh, the the horror of poor people out in the boonies of Texas. Yes, uh, yes. And I, I don't know. Uh, like, it's another movie that's not like, oh, I didn't like jump a lot. But what it did really well was make me queasy for the entire run of the film. <laughs> yeah. That was the good. That was good stuff. I was like, oh, my fucking stomach hurts watching this. <laughs> It is much more about doing that than about uh, having a massacre in it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. The first the first ki- person who dies is so is so good because he's like he walks into a room and then just someone walk like just out of frame just cracks him in the head and he's just dead and he falls over yeah. and it's so fast and so stressful. It's um, so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. I remembered. I was like, I feel like I've seen this referenced in an anime sometime recently. I, I feel like I, I remember that. And uh, there is a shot in uh, Dress Up Darling where they recreate the ending of the show, uh, yeah, ending of yeah. the movie, mm-hmm. which is very funny. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, yeah, that's where I've seen this before. Uh, it's a great ending. Uh, yeah, I think that movie's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, we then went on to watch the first Halloween movie, the the first Michael Myers uh, slasher. Uh, that one was pretty pretty fine. You know, it was very funny to watch the dude just like stand around <laughs> for most of the movie, and it was really <laughs> funny when he got shot like sixteen times by a therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. That's one way to deal with your problems it I guess. did not work and apparently i did look this up apparently the the therapist with a gun is a reoccurring character <laughs> throughout the oh yeah films. he's in almost all of those movies it's really Just really funny doing a really very bizarre performance it's such a weird performance on that guy <laughs> he, he just goes harder and harder every movie too the <laughs> The first bit where he like gets he's like hanging out with a cop trying to convince him that this guy's gonna be a serial killer and do evil shit. It's and, so uh, funny he... that everyone in the movie is so normal about like this this therapist is like, no, you gotta believe me, he's the devil, and they're all yeah. like, Okay, buddy. <laughs> and the, the the he gets spooked and he like whips out a gun in front of the cop and the cop's <laughs> like, huh? And he's like, Well, you must think I'm a very unusual therapist, aren't you? <laughs> it's really good psychologist he calls himself a psychologist Mm. anyway yeah so that was fine and then we watched uh on the criterion channel we watched a uh the slumber party massacre which is kind of in a similar vein um which was apparently directed by some uh oh who was the director 
I can't answer this question because I did not watch this movie. And also, I just have a generally hard time remembering names. Amy Holden Jones, <laughs> who's apparently a lesbian. Oh, nice. Shout out. Uh, yeah, you can kind of you can kind of feel that it does end with uh, all of the women coming together to beat the the dude killer to death. Fuck yeah, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Uh, but I I yeah I don't know that it's a good movie, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just the first like bunch of victims are the most like uh lesbian in the 80s or 90s ass women like dressed up in like flannel and shit Mm -hmm. get killed (laughs) it's pretty funny uh so that's my horror movie few minutes okay uh we have a couple more things to get through before we get to the reason that you're probably here how long which is karno kyokai uh how long are we at um almost an hour that's not too bad we moved through those pretty quick. Cool. Yeah. Uh, ben and I also finished a couple of other anime between... From our backlog. Uh, from our backlog. Kanazuki no Miko. This is a show about lesbians and a very NTR'd boy <laughs> uh, saving the world against Orobochi. No, not Orobochi. Orochi. Orochi. Snake ah. demon. <laughs> um... Not Urobochi, the Madoka guy. <laughs> it's like a it's like a mecha anime, but it's a terrible mecha anime. Uh, yes, it's a terrible action anime in general. And I would say it's not like most of it is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes, yeah. most of its parts are bad. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let me see if I could I can sum this up uh, for Ina. Ina, who's probably never heard of this. I have not. There are, which is fair because I don't know that most people have heard of it. <laughs> it's a it's a 2009 ass anime absolutely oh, good. i'm gonna spoil the whole thing here uh there are these two girls uh one of them is like the princess of the school one of them is like a plain and ordinary girl mm-hmm. uh they hang out together secretly <laughs> because mm-hmm. uh people bully the plain girl if she gets near the the rich girl right mm-hmm. chikane and what's the other girl's name chikane and... we look it up yeah uh, for some reason, the plain girl is, uh, uh, she's got the attention of both the princess girl and the fanciest boy in the school that everyone likes, right? Uh, and does, has, does not realize this because she is the plain girl and she does not of know course. that everyone loves her. Who would uh, notice? And then a, uh, Catholic mech descends from the sky and destroys the town. <laughs> Himeko. Himeko. Himeko and Chikane are the girls. I don't remember the boy's name. Uh, Soma. Soma. Uh, Apparently there is a shrine, a Japanese Shinto shrine on the moon that stops Orochi, the god of evil, from destroying the earth. And it broke down and now uh, the two girls who are reincarnations of ancient shrine maidens have to summon another god to stop it. Yes. (laughs) This was localized as Destiny of the Shrine Maiden. Yes. Mm-hmm. Singular. Uh, Soma, the boy who is in love with uh, what was her name again? Uh, Himeko. Himeko. <laughs> you uh, watched the whole show. I'm not good at names. Anyway, he is one of the the heads of Orochi and uh, is supposed to kill them. 
so that the Orochi can rise and destroy the world and all that stuff. He he uh, resists this and becomes a good guy in order to protect them. Mm-hmm. There's this really wild fight scene of him like getting in his big evil mech and like fighting off the other evil mech while uh, Chikane uh, finds uh, I just forgot her name again. Himeko. Himeko. <laughs> Himiko's a bit knocked unconscious and she like is like I have to do uh, CPR and she like tears her shirt open and then gets really distracted just looking at her breasts <laughs> for like a minute before she can do anything. You know, whomst among us. Uh-huh. It, that is a good time to point out shows full of fan service. Yeah, it's got some like uh, classic early 2000s fan Which service. Which is like interesting. It is interesting because like these two are gay. Like gay 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 it's also seen later yeah also it very much feels like a show made for men to look at like certainly the ways in which it is horny are not like interesting they're mostly like Uh hey look at these hot girls listen Mm. every time that chikane gets distracted by women i am supporting her yes no i absolutely support her (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh-huh um the the end of the show feels a little bit like deliberately stepping on the the foot of the bo- the boys who are watching this yes. or boy stuff because it turns into this thing where it's like the two girls have to defend the world from evil etc cetera, etc cetera, do like some kind of prayer but the prayer is not working and himemi not himemia himeko himeko is uh getting courted by the boy mm-hmm. and the whole while chikane the the fancy princess girl is like i have to let her go my, I'm I'm being normal about this. I'm not being fucked up and evil about this until she turns evil. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, she does some unfortunate things <laughs> to Himeko. <laughs> turns into the head evil guy and destroys all the other evil guys. Uh, and then uh, I would say absorbs more than destroys. She does turn but... them all to stone. <laughs> it's but very... like. She absorbs their power. Yes, yes, yes. And can, can puppet all their mechs and all yeah. that stuff. And then at the end, it's revealed that they are le- the two girls are tragic destined lovers who will always be split by this ritual. Mm-hmm. And uh, she turned evil in order to get the other girl to kill her because she feels guilty for killing Himeko in their past life. Yes. And then and she killed. the reason that the, the ritual was failing is because Chikane knew all of this the entire time i was like i can't complete this ritual because then i'm gonna have to kill my girlfriend again Uh i don't want to do that uh Uh, and they have this incredible like deathbed conversation where they're like yes we are lesbians Uh in every (laughs) single possible the 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 uh himeko got kissed by the boy at one point and started sobbing and she's like i was i started crying in that moment because i realized that i was in love with you (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh. really actually romantically in love with you. Which is the, like, I associate this with, or I've seen it a couple of times, mm-hmm. is something that uses a boy to say, basically to say, okay, I have feelings for that boy in a romantic sense. Mm-hmm. My feelings for you are the same, but more so. Yes. There is no way that you could possibly say that these feelings are, like, invalid or not romantic uh-huh. or something. <laughs> like, no, I... Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, interesting. I don't know that it always works, no. but it is... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun, though. I, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, yeah. 
at the end when uh chikane has been erased from existence <laughs> because she was killed as part of this ritual the boy asks himeko out again and she turns him down so hard it crushes him <laughs> yeah it's great good for her uh-huh uh-huh um yeah great yeah. ending I oh think, yeah this like is the thing i can't really communicate how, all of how the ending like comes together but the last couple episodes are so good <laughs> I think it it is the the first episode and then the like back tooth or back third mm-hmm. is like probably my favorite stuff. Oh, absolutely. Uh there's a lot of and it's messy throughout, mm-hmm. but I think it is interesting and fun. Also, the cast of like villains is the weirdest like 2009 anime random like there's a there's a uh indian woman who is a catholic priest for some reason there is her brother who is a biker there is a cat girl nursemaid who was the subject of an experiment she was created in a lab there's a manga artist yes there's a manga artist who's still working on her deadline Uh uh-huh there's a lot of this shit seems like like 2009 is like too late for these tropes (laughs) <laughs> the maybe that's true maybe it came too late the manga artist is incredible because very early on like her first two lines are like boys love <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and 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 a brother complex <laughs> oh my god yeah or like the yeah there that is, is also yaoi in this show. yes brother yaoi in this uh-huh. show, which is not my bag but shout outs to people who like that i guess um yeah more fun than it is good yeah yeah something that is uh not very fun but is extremely good uh-huh anohana this is a better show. the flower that we saw that uh, that we saw that day that we won yeah Saturday. the flower you we see- saw that day you see okay. Cena? Uh i saw it like when it came out my memory is fuzzy mm-hmm. but i remember uh liking it a lot i think it might have been my my first mario kata thing this is not gay but it is quite good um yeah i would not see it this was new to me fen has seen it before yes i i watched it on a whim and watched all 11 episodes straight through the first time and sobbed through the last three mm-hmm. because this is a tragedy <laughs> yeah yeah this is a this is a real thing where you're gonna sit down and be you're, you have to sit down and be like well i'm gonna cry for a little while this is a tearjerker yes um I would say it is a very well put together one of those. Yes. Um, in the sense that, like, yeah. And it, I think to some extent, it's hard to, like, it is hard to say, oh, here's what makes this one good that feels lacking from other ones. It's got a lot of good character work. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it is, it is, like, well written and it has um, realistic feelings. Yeah. You know, so sometimes you're just cast. doing everything like the same as everybody else. You're just better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, ben, what is it about? Okay. So uh, there was a group of six, six friends. Three boys, three, three girls. Three boys, three girls. Yes. So six friends um, in elementary school. Mm-hmm. They were called the Super Peace Busters because they were extremely cool. Uh, <laughs> they had a secret hideout and everything. And then one day, uh, one of the girls died and kind of that splintered the group. It seems like they may have met up like once or twice after that, but it definitely feels like the kind of thing that was like, 
oh, that person died, and we're all gonna just drift to yeah. the winds. Yeah, um, really beat the shit out of them. Uh, and then, uh, so the anime takes place ten years later. Yeah, because they were like kids, kids. Yeah, they were small. Um, and uh, kind of the protagonist or main character, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what is his name? Jinta. Um, Jinta wakes up one morning and finds that Mako, who's the girl who died, uh, she's here and she's a ghost <laughs> and she doesn't know why. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, she has a wish that she wants granted. She doesn't know what it is and yeah. she's trusting him to figure it out. And so, uh, he, he, uh, has become a hikikimori mm-hmm. uh he rarely re- shut in a uh, shut in he rarely leaves the house he's uh not he's school. not going to school um his dad is extremely cool <laughs> i like his dad a whole lot um but it, yeah so he has to kind of like go out of his shell and like bring the band back together because he was the leader of that group and so he has to kind of like yeah uh and through that, uh, deal with um, missing uh, Mako, mm-hmm. who he was he liked when Menma. <laughs> they only ever call her Menma. Sorry, I was looking at the annualist page. I was like, <laughs> Mako, that doesn't sound right. That's her but... real name, <laughs> yeah, Menma. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the the character work is excellent. Um, I think like it it is eleven episodes and doesn't ever feel like it's. Like it's uh not missing, but like it doesn't ever feel like uh it is filling time. Filling time. Yeah. Yeah. Or that um it could have used like I wasn't sitting there at the end going like, oh man, really could have used another episode on this person. No. Uh yeah. they each kind of get like an exploration of who they are now and how Menma's death has impacted them. Mm-hmm. Um there's also stuff with her family and stuff. Yeah. There is, um, this is, I don't think this is a spoiler necessarily, but something I find really interesting about this is that it doesn't do the thing. There's a lot to do in this show about is Menma really there, right? Mm-hmm. Jinta is the only one who can actually see her. Everyone else in the friend group is like very unconvinced that this is actually happening and not just him acting out for attention, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very easy for it to be like, yep, he was delu- he was having like delusions in his grief, you know what I mean? That I feel like this is a turn that happens a lot in this kind of thing. It's like it probably wasn't real, but it did help them all come together, you know. Mm-hmm. Menma in this is a ghost, really. Yes. <laughs> can move things around and does uh like writes in her journal uh and everyone can see that and all that stuff uh mm-hmm. i think that's very fun i like making the supernatural bit of it actually real like hits really well for me you know mm-hmm. i hate when things are like oh something supernatural is happening just kidding it's about grief it can be yeah there's no point in like treading that water right uh-huh yeah it's sweet they all see her in the end it's cute it's sad i cried a lot yeah really yeah heartbreaking yeah <laughs> but like but like in a way that is cathartic yeah yeah it is a show about like getting that catharsis yeah that, like none of these yeah. characters have let themselves have for years yeah, yeah. one of the the first things that happens that really hit me was uh menma wanders away from jinta because he's being uh uh bratty and she goes home and she finds her like family her mother is like really not gotten over it and it's like like really really lost uh in in time you know what I mean? mm-hmm. 
and her little brother is like you need to fucking get over this uh <laughs> and the mom is like well if i don't pray for her constantly she you know she was always such a little airhead she might not even know she's dead and menma's standing in the room and she just starts sobbing and she's like no i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's really good uh that yeah it's good there's another great early moment where menma prays to uh jinta's mom is also dead yeah she and like after. sits at the shrine that uh jinta and his dad have for her and like gives a life update on like mm-hmm. how things are going yeah um yeah extremely good, good. <laughs> we have a movie to watch too i think yes i don't know i i, I have not seen that before i don't know that it needs it no at all i'm but, hoping you know, madoka didn't need the movie either and the movie turned out to slap so yes i'm hoping it is a rebellion in the sense that uh like a madoka rebellion uh-huh. which is to say something that i was not left wanting but feels additive yes oh is the movie like new content yes it is uh well, let's see uh, and stuff one year after the conclusion of the series. Interesting. Yeah. For some reason, I had always thought that it was like a recap movie. You know? I think it is like partially a recap. Interesting. I'm unsure. So there's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's like mostly about the show, which I think you could tighten up into a movie. Not, It wouldn't be as good because you yes. don't get as much like character explanation. And then like yeah. a little bit of how they're doing after. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, mm. uh, huh. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I watched something else by that director. I don't know if he's done anything else good. Uh, the well, wait, who was um he uh, yeah. directed a movie right called um Nagai Tatsu. And I think Okada also wrote Tatsuki. with like the same director. Uh, he's worked on a bunch of stuff. Um, but I would I would love to read more or wow watch more mm-hmm. um. What's her name? Mario Okada? The Anthem of the Heart is the one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Same director as the show. Interesting. Interesting. And also Okada writing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a... I, I liked that a lot. Even if I cried a lot. Dehydrated. Uh-huh. <laughs> all crying. It's oh. really easy to make me cry, but uh, some stuff just makes me cry a lot, you know? Oh. What? the the creative trio is the name that they gave themselves as super peace busters that's cute which is mario kata the uh who's the writer uh the director tatsuyuki nagai and character designer masayoshi tanaka and they have done a couple of other things together all right yeah okay i think we're finally done with your et time Wait, did you want to... Oh, right. Okay. Uh, I am going to say literally one sentence about all of the stuff that we're watching this season. I will maybe (laughs) add something for the ones that we've actually seen. Alice Gear Aegis Expansion. We haven't watched this yet. Um, what if a... What if a horny dude was the protagonist, uh, except that she's a girl and she's not horny, but she is still constantly getting nosebleeds when she's near her Oshi? (laughs) Wait, that's a really complicated way to explain that. Uh, okay, okay, trying again. Uh, what if idols were mech pilots? Okay. And uh, the main character wants to be an idol uh, and really, really, really loves uh, a cool girl. Mm. Um, Hero Garo Sky, Pretty Cure. 
I'm not great pretty care or great great pre care. Um, yeah, good season to to hop on if you if you are curious about pretty care. I'm I would say passively Ooh. watching it. Whenever I see Fen watching it, I sometimes will like poke my head in. I'm not a big Pretty Cure person. I say as I uh, binge watch the entirety of Futariwa Pretty Cure. Futariwa Pretty Cure also good. Tropical Rouge also good. I finished like, Columbo, so I needed another show to draw to, and I went from Columbo to Futariwa Pretty Cure. Um, I've been thinking about starting that one lately. It's pretty fun. Pretty Cure is good. Kuma 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 Bear Punch. I will almost certainly drop this in three episodes. I'm not watching <laughs> this either. I'm giving the two sequel series uh, that I watched the first season of, I'm giving them three episodes and then probably dropping them both. Speaking of, Tokyo Mew Mew New 2, or Tokyo, Tokyo Mew Mew New season, season, second season, or season two. You gotta say um, season two. Yes, season goes. two. Uh, this one I'm also probably going to drop in three episodes. This is another magical girl. Uh, I watched uh, part of the first season with Fen. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, yes. I still don't like it. What if anymore. magical girls were extremely hat? <laughs> I believe magical girls for straight people. Uh, Watashi no Yuri wa Oshigoto desu. Yuri is my job. This is bad. Oh, that's this season? <laughs> that's this season. Oh, no. It doesn't look great, unfortunately. It mostly watching the first episode made mostly made me go, "Wow, I should just be reading that right now." Please read the manga. The manga is very good. I promise. Uh huh. Oh, um, I, there's uh... like they really needed a like better creative director. You know what I mean? Yes. There's like a moment where they do this thing where someone like crosses the line in the cafe. This is uh the the manga about the girl who works at like a yuri themed cafe, and it's all about like uh masking and like different personalities performance mm -hmm. you know what i mean there's a bit where like it changes from this shitty little tiny cafe where all the tables are jammed next to each other to like the fantasy version of it and that's a, like really interesting idea it just doesn't look good mm -hmm. um, you know what i mean i also have a partner who is uh not an anime person uh -huh. but will occasionally watch anime with me and i have like a little like google Sheets spreadsheet of like all of the things that i think she might like and uh because you two and other friends of ours are always raving or had a period where you were always raving about the manga of this i started mm -hmm. reading it and i was like this is really good uh mm. and I, I was like hey my girlfriend uh there's a there's an anime of this of this manga that I'm reading coming out very soon. Um, yeah. I'm really liking the manga. We should watch it. And she was like, "Yeah, that sounds cool." So it's maybe like, I'll just strike it from the list. I, I have seen a bunch of people say it's good. That's wrong. or it does this thing that happens in at, like poor adaptation sometimes where uh things just kind of like happen in sequence without a lot of weight. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like goes from panel to panel like you're reading a manga almost and it's like that just doesn't work in animation because you're not can't. doing the adaptational work yes, yes. exactly it's i think kind of like the va is good is really the best thing i can say about yeah, it yeah. it doesn't yeah it, like the character design is fine you know what i mean it, the colors is okay um, um it just doesn't look good yeah it's kind of it's disappointing i don't know that we're gonna get through the whole thing uh, i am but i would not blame ben if they drop skip and loafer yeah, uh, on at the last second the main character is a little creature <laughs> 
It seems um, like it's one of those like uh, het romances, you know what I mean? But like, I've heard it is good one of those. Yes. The only reason that I was willing to watch this is I've heard it's light on the romance and it's more an, an, like an ensemble cast. Yeah. Doing like a slice of life thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like um, a classic like, oh, the, the perfect put together girl who's kind of a mess and has big dreams comes to the city and uh, meets a boy who is like slovenly but kind hearted and mm-hmm. helps her. Uh, and that sounds fine. The first episode looks good. The first episode is very cute. The thing is that uh, the 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 girl has these like beady little eyes that terrify everyone who <laughs> look at her. There's a great bit where she forgets she's supposed to give the speech for the incoming class at the high school that she got accepted to, right? And she's forgotten the speech, or she doesn't have the speech on her, so she. Uh, recites it all from memory to the principal without breaking eye contact or blinking the entire time while he just blanches out. And then uh, when she finishes, she realizes how stressed she is and runs over and pukes on her homeroom teacher. Uh, Looking at a bunch of manga covers for this, it looks very cute. It's yeah. very it's really it's really well animated. It's very cute. Um, She's staying with a uh, uh, her like trans uh, aunt. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, there's feet in it. There's feet in it. Oh, I just like literally like <laughs> nine images down in Google Images. If you just search "skip and loafer," is like a shot of her uh, running barefoot with a oh, okay. one foot prominent shooting into the frame. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Uh, she I does do, do that. I do like. I do big... love a beady eyed girl. Is the yeah. And I do love her uh, big, an- anxious uh, trans woman uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> aunt, you know. Yeah. Just like me, for real, for real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's so big. I love that about her. A lot of times in anime, when you get, like, a gendery character, you know, they're just, like, tiny. Mm-hmm. Just indistinguishable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay. um, I'll say best for last. Uh, Gundam that which from be Mercury. Clear, this isn't the last no um we watched that, the first episode of that this morning it was i fence fence very down on the on the witch from mercury i am higher on it than some people who we know uh i really wish that there hadn't been such a break mm-hmm. and i really wish that i hadn't gotten on the hype train mm-hmm. and had instead just said i'll watch it when it's all out so we can just go through it rather than dealing uh-huh. with the like i think the show is paced very poorly and My uh there's there are good moments i like how the fight scenes look but overall i don't think it's i don't think it's uh it's not great it's i'm i'm enjoying myself especially watching it with ben my thing with the gundam witch for mercury is that i have I'm increasingly realizing the more Gundam I watch, the more I realize I care almost nothing about Gundam. And I certainly don't care about it like other people care about Gundam. And so other people's Gundam's opinions are caustic to my enjoyment of Gundam-related media. Mm. Because people care so much. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I watch other anime too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I uh, like Gundam a lot and am like engaging in a like watch all the Gundam mm-hmm. like, thing. Um, and I, I also feel this way. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, the characters are cute. I think there's some good stuff in Witch from Mercury. I think it's probably not the best put together piece of media I've ever seen. Uh, but that is that's okay. That's anime, folks. 
not every show I watch is going to be the best show I've ever watched. No. Oh. Uh, Speaking of Gundam, Birdie Wing, Golf Girl Story Season 2. <laughs> we have not watched the first episode of the new season. No. We didn't have time. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to last through this. I've been like down on Birdie Wing ever since the Mafia shit ended in the first like first half of the first season. This and is the thing. People still talk about it like it's the greatest. It's more like, like the first two thirds of the first season. But they started with, like, Golf Mafia. Uh-huh. And then we're like, so you're still going to be excited, though, when it just becomes a mostly, like, bog-standard sports anime uh -huh. with, like, some Gundam theming, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, no, not as much. No. No, not as much. It was fun when it was, like, illegal underground, literally underground yeah. golfing. <laughs> With so they like, like started with the what would be the end of another show. Okay, yes. yeah. It starts with her being like a uh, uh, mafia adjacent. Like she'll wear like master of disguise costumes and compete on the <laughs> world stage for people who pay her. Yes. Uh, while like some like hot butch with a cyber arm uh like hangs around her. Uh huh. And uh then that the butch dies and then it turns into a school anime. Yep. Huh. And like, yeah, it could have been cool if it started with the golf mafia and then escalated. Mm -hmm. And instead, it was like, why did you start with such a cool premise? Yeah. And now we're here. <laughs> it's like the girls still do like golf new type. Like I'm visualizing the flowers leading my ball to the goal yeah. kind of stuff but that's boring but the stakes are like who's gonna win this tournament tournament not uh like there are lives on the line so gotta, like there was a political assassination with a rocket launcher at the beginning of this show yep because of golf okay um really sick, anyway yeah so the thing is that the beginning is sick and then uh i can't really like vouch for the rest of it we're gonna watch some of season two but i don't know probably the best show this season fens read going out on the so fens making some bold yes. claims uh depending on how they adapt it <laughs> uh, uh tengoku daimakyo heavenly delusion uh, uh yes this is a this is, does one of my favorite things which is having two different stories that you then slowly see the two of them like intertwining and like you start seeing how they're interlinking mm -hmm. um have you seen azina no no but i i know that it is like the the hot ticket show yeah. this season yes and i i've been um, hearing about the manga for a long time i've been very interested i've been thinking about the animate this is the animation pervert show this season it looks great um it looks in yeah first episode we haven't seen the second one yet uh first episode looks great uh i have read all of the manga that exists and i won't say any like plot stuff i will say there are a few disappointing beats mm -hmm. that i'm like that are disappointing in the sense that um yeah i love a character death there's some character deaths that I'm like, uh, really? Uh-huh. That was kind of like a, uh, not lame, but like a bummer way for this character to go out who I liked a whole bunch mm -hmm. and not in a emotionally moving way in a, why couldn't you have done something more interesting? Um, so, but on the whole, uh, I really like them. I like most of the mysteries it sets up and I like how it resolves them. This is a post-apocalypse show. 
Yeah. There are two sides of this. Inside a walled uh like shelter in heaven. Uh place called Heaven, uh which is like a school for like uh these gender ambiguous children. Mm-hmm. Uh these kids are like living in uh some kind of like perfectly normal sci-fi school kind of environment. Mm-hmm. On the outside it is uh the ruins of society after some kind of grand disaster and a pair of kids are traveling looking for heaven together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh yeah. one of them uh, is, one of them is trying to get to heaven and the other one is like a porter who came from tokyo to uh bring him there and is looking for two people yes yeah. and is um two people on on her own uh, uh, yeah yeah there's some gender she stuff has a cool jacket she has a cool jacket. There's a lot of gen- weird gender in this, I hear. Yes. Uh, complicated gender, which yes. we'll get to that more of that in K&K. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but maybe complicated and interesting, why Fen says. The, I think how the gender lands for you will greatly depend on your own experiences mm. and what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, is what I will say. <laughs> Because I can't say much more because a lot of that gender is, like, extremely plot critical. Uh-huh. Um, I will say that, like, yeah, you should... The I saw people uh, excited about a, a kiss between two girls in episode two. Uh-huh. And I just gotta say that that five seconds is, like, 90% of the Yuri in this entire... Sh- in the mm. entire manga. So, oh, uh... Shame. Which is a bummer, but... Yeah. But yeah, there's a great bit where uh uh the they like the two on the outside get uh in delusion is what I've delusion uh-huh. heaven and delusion get like accosted by a bunch of like Last of Us thugs basically and try mm-hmm. and bluff their way out of it with a with some kind of like cyber beam gun that is out of like almost out of batteries but the guys don't know that uh-huh. she like uh scares the shit out of them with it and gets them to charge the bat the only battery for the gun without them knowing what the battery is for that was very funny yes this is another show that does that at least based on the first episode is doing really smart adaptation Mm -hmm. stuff um because it is a manga about mysteries Mm -hmm. so they need to at least get to uh there's one big mystery uh, which is how do these two stories interlink? Yeah, and they need to get to at least that answer, which is around chapter forty. So wow. they kind of have to motor. <laughs> um, uh, which is so that's which is interesting because like oh that fight scene was really well uh, uh, animated, but didn't happen in the manga mm-hmm. or wasn't nearly like yeah. There was like one shot of the the gun in the manga and then it was resolved mm-hmm. versus there's like a, a fun, you know, 30 seconds or whatever mm-hmm. of fighting. Um, and I am, this is me, the person who uh, is not a fan of fight scenes and most things saying uh, I really like the adaptation decisions that they're making. Yeah. yeah. Fun first episode. I recommend checking it out um, if, uh, if you're into watching things weekly or just all at once when you're done. Yeah. It can be fun to watch things weekly. Yeah. I'm so tired so often. (laughs) What do you mean? I I always think this is the season I'm going to watch things weekly. There are so many shows that seem so cool. This is why me and Fen... And I never do. 
this is the thing is that me and Fen, this is our date night is to watch a bunch of seasonal mm-hmm. anime mm-hmm. together and like uh either enjoy it or talk shit about it mm-hmm. you know it's, yeah. it's fun to watch these things with other people if you're trying to keep up on all of this alone i can imagine it's just like like crushing you know that's extremely true i much prefer watching anything with another person yeah Um, this is the this is the thing for me is that i think if i was watching kuma 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 bear and tokimimi new with ben i would probably last through yeah but like those two especially are so nothing anime (laughs) that like i can't i can't stick around Yeah, yeah yeah We've we've overdosed on too much an- seasonal anime sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, last season, I was like really low, and I was like, "What if we just took a season off?" Because we hadn't like picked up on what was good this season, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Uh, but uh, only my like turning out to be good, Ten Ten having some good stuff in it, kind of boost buoyed me, and now mm-hmm. I'm back on. It's okay. fun. It's fun to watch contemporary works. Yeah, as it turns out, and also have a backlog that you're working your way yeah. through. We still need to watch CCA at some point. I can't do two Gundams at once. <laughs> Double Zeta really took it out of me. Uh, maybe when Witch from Mercury... I said I can't do two Gundams at once, but we're doing that already with Birdie Wing and G-Witch. I, would, I will watch Birdie Wing on my own if you don't I'm going to give it a try, but like something needs to happen. They need to golf on the moon or it's not going to be any good. This is the thing, is that I am mostly spite-watching Birdie Wing at this point. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Are we all done with your issue time? I don't have anything so. to drink. Nina, thank you for joining us for all of that. Oh, thank right. You we didn't say me. if we had anything to drink. I don't have anything to drink either, but I want a bubble tea. There's a pretty close to us that does pretty good bubble tea. Mm-hmm. I get like a strawberry jelly, kind of like cherry blossom bubble kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Very tasty. Ooh, I would eat bubble tea. It's drink. too sweet, but yeah. I went out for groceries this morning and forgot that it's Easter Sunday and uh, the store that I usually go to is closed. Yeah. Um, so Me- I ended up at, which is a nightmare store. Uh, I don't usually go there and I didn't buy anything. I bought, well, I bought two onions and a sports drink, but like a weird organic sports drink that was like blueberry flavored. Mm-hmm. but i drank it all during this conversation so now i just well, have that's water. perfect it was your et time yes. uh the first time i went into a <laughs> i was struck with one of the most profound moments of i was not meant for this world whatsoever <laughs> uh that i've ever had in my life it, it's one thing for it to be like an expensive place that i can't afford to shop at and it's like all the people there seem like they suck um like the people who shop there mm-hmm it is another that like I was looking for things to buy and everything they sell seems like it's awful. Mm-hmm. Like all of their like fun snacks and like bespoke things that they have just seem really shitty. Yeah. And also there's a bunch of like weird scam shit there too. Yeah. Their blueberry muffins were pretty good. Yeah. All their fresh stuff seemed really good, yeah. but they didn't have any of it today because it was Easter. Our closest uh, place was a oh- for a while and heather got really into shopping at whole foods anyway uh me and fen usually get food after podcast i just realized how difficult that's going to be today i did as well i was the like oh no closed is like owned by people i know are not catholic i don't or like christian at all hey, listen, i don't know why they're sometimes closed. you just want a fucking day off 
I guess so. Take the opportunity. We were going to get from our favorite like sandwich place, but they're really like cagey on being open anyway, so there's no <laughs> way they're okay. open today. Okay. One sec, Ben. I do need to look up if... Ben is checking if it's... Oh, no. Closed, closed, closed. Fuck, oh, fuck. they close at 3 p.m. on Sunday? That makes sense. Bro. Okay, well, I guess we're not getting food from there. No. Think about it. Well, Fen, that just means we'll have to get it sometime this week. Yeah. I do want food, though. I'm so hungry. We'll find something else to eat. We'll get, like, I don't know, burgers or something. Okay, are we ready? Pre-show. The pre-show. You know, this? You the pre-show? I don't know what that is. Have you not seen any of the K&K pre-shows? I don't think I, I don't think my version of this has these okay, attached. Okay. You haven't been to any of our watch parties. Okay, no. that makes sense. Ina, before every single <laughs> uh, episode of K&K is a stop-motion animated puppet show of uh, giving you advice on how to behave in a theater with the K&K cast and what random fake fuck? characters. It's the most incredible shit. I highly recommend looking it up. I Okay, I like almost all of these movies yeah. a lot. This sounds like the best content related yes. to K&K. It's so good because someone, usually Toko, will be misbehaving in the background and Shiki will be, will be theater cop and attack them. Oh my god. So, Here, in this one, I'm 
just for for Ina's edification, I'm dropping uh the a link to a YouTube uh-huh. video of good, all good, of them. Good. And Thank um you so this, much. This one feels like a conclusion. Yes, yeah. It's not really <laughs> advice. It is just a wrap up to K and K. Uh-huh. Uh Mikia appears and offers Shiki strawberry ice cream. She ignores him, but uh after a little bit gives up and decides to eat the ice cream. On screen, Saber in a lion uh Kigurumi is eating a chunk of meat. <laughs> like, like a comic, like a yeah, bone yeah. through the middle of a yeah. huge chunk of meat. <laughs> Uh, Mikia attempts to hold Shiki's hand, but is very, very nervous about it. When he finally does it, Shiki blushes, and the screen pans out to reveal that the theater is filled with every single type moon figurine that they could get their hands on, just oh. lazily scattered throughout the seats. There are like 17 sabers. <laughs> so funny. That's so good. It was a really fantastic one. Yeah. I forget what the... The advice is just like, uh, you know, please try to keep your attitude up and like enjoy the finale. Yes. Uh-huh. Usually it's like, don't smoke in the theater, yeah. uh, cut signals, cut the like cell phone use and stuff like yeah. that. But this one's just sweet. All right. I gotta, I gotta pull this bad boy up. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want to watch the, watch the last one real quick? Aw, oh, this is these are so cute, these little figures. I know uh-huh. the cheeky one is so <laughs> cute. Her jacket? <laughs> it's baggy little sleeves. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. This is top tier. Top like tier little shit. clay figures. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A lot of the like uh the other figures that get used from like fate stuff are clearly just fate toys and like yeah. uh, Neko uh-huh. art doll that they are yeah. uh, fucked with. Masu showing up is one of the the high points for me. Totally different proportion. (laughs) Yeah, uh uh uh-huh. This rules. That's so cute. I'm going to watch the rest of these later. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. It's time for Karano Kyokai Not Nothing Heart Murder Speculation Part B. (sighs) The end of it. Oh, I guess I was... The end question mark? Question mark. It is. There's like four other things in my download okay. folder. Yeah, it is worth saying. I next don't know what time, any of them are. We're covering epilogue. Uh huh. Uh which I don't know when that was released, but uh-huh. it is part of this run of things. Um, and, and then, then some like in the stuff that got future. We're covering uh, Mirai Fukan. No, that's overlooked. Called out summer. Recalled out, yeah. Recalled out summer and recalled out summer something 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 something, which are like extraporous, like like other stuff that got written later. Yeah, and And we are covering them in the timeline. This these movies were out of time. Yes, uh, when they were both from when they were released and from when they were written, because we realized Uh, we should have done them first. Yes, Uh, we are covering recalled out summer when it was written. Okay. so yes we're not like inserting an artificial gap here yes uh yeah oh in, uh, worth noting we watched the remix movie mm-hmm. uh, it didn't really have much new aside from like clarifying a little bit what movie six was about uh i would say ben <laughs> it introduces what movie six was about <laughs> yeah i'm so fucking glad i was not here for movie six yeah while I was uh, watching movie six, I was like, I, I cannot imagine having to think about 
it was our shortest episode ever Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah the the remix uh the like uh recap movie adds a monologue by the 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 mage godot word word. (laughs) godot word mayday uh that explains the plot of the movie basically yes or the plot of the book that was not in the movie which is like Oh, that makes me really excited to read that book because like, like it has some stuff in it. Yeah, like oh, cool stuff around um, like yeah, memory and and uh, eternity and mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's food for fans. Yeah, yeah. Azuka is apparently the B plot of the book. Yeah, which is very funny because yeah, again, uh, and also just in general, the the remix movie pretty good. Yeah, like. Uh, incomprehensible if you haven't watched yes. everything that's come before it is it is like it's kind of an amv yes it's like hey you know what has a really good soundtrack Karno kyokai yeah. what if we just played a bunch of Karno kyokai tracks and like scenes from these movies and just put them together it's sick it's and sick, it's sick. Yeah. an hour-long amv yeah it has like intense amv like visual filters over it too yes uh-huh uh-huh Okay, on to murder speculation. Mikia enters Shiki's apartment after she refuses to answer her doorbell. We get that key shot again. That's going to happen a bunch. The shot from K&K5 of the key turning. Well, I think this scene is interesting because Mikia, yeah, Mikia like rings the doorbell twice Mm -hmm. and then finally gives up and enters her apartment. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's kind of how K&K5 ends too. yeah. He's still doing that, I guess. But yeah, it it it's fun because it's like, oh, Shiki wants Mikia to to think of this as his home, mm-hmm. as a place that you just like enter as a matter of course, and he th- still thinks of himself as a guest. Yes, as like, oh, I need to like ask for permission to enter. Mm-hmm. Mikia has brought Shiki flowers, which are left over from Toko's exhibition. Uh, her art show. Uh, Toko sold all of the puppets <laughs> from that show, which is really incredible. How many of those buyers were investments versus people who actually <laughs> wanted to like see her art? Is my question. What do you mean? Like, how many of those buyers were like, "Oh yes, these puppets—they'll be an excellent art investment." Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, versus mm. people who actually wanted to, like put them somewhere in their home or something. <sighs> I think I think that Toko is the kind of artist who attracts perverts. Mm, so I think yes. she got a lot of legitimate purchases. I don't know. I didn't look at any of those and go, "Wow, yeah, this would make a great investment for my business portfolio." I was go, I I was like, "Wow, this is really going to freak the shit out of all of my guests and family." <laughs> Frankly, I am shocked that Toko is not working entirely off of commissions. Right? Ah, uh, Toko is so cool. <laughs> I love Toko. I do appreciate the commission support her true love, which is uh, wasting money on magic artifacts that are probably <laughs> fake and making fucked up edgy puppets. The, the holy grail that <laughs> this is very funny. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, the bit here where Mikia is like, "Phew, I guess I get paid this month." It's so funny. We also get that Shiki's going uh, has gone back to school. I think this got mentioned mm-hmm. at some point, but I missed it. Someone said it got mentioned. I don't remember I don't it getting remember mentioned that at all. Mikia. Um, yeah, no, it definitely did. Okay, when did it get mentioned? I can't tell you where because okay. I watched all of these movies in like four days. Yes, this was your uh, your uh, being hung on the cross moment for this episode <laughs> of podcast was <laughs> yes. having to uh, get through all of K&K in like a couple days. I which... meant to keep up with the podcast this time, but I had, I had a weird three months. 
it's been it's been busy for i've had like a really weird week too mm-hmm. anyway yeah it's been so long that we've been at this i mean i like yes i don't think we could have done it faster okay, okay. but it is a wild reminder that like oh right we've spent three months on these movies yes Mikia offers Shiki some sort of canned drink. She refuses, but as soon as she sees him drinking from it, she's like, no, I want I want an indirect kiss and takes it from him. It's very cute. Very cute. Mm-hmm. The, I like a lot of the like understated romance stuff between Shiki and Mikia, you know yeah. what I mean? They're not like big and flashy about it, but they're very romantic. They're very like, I, content, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will say it is interesting that uh, even in chronological order... It feels like it varies wildly between the movies how much of a relationship they're in. Yes. That makes sense I, since there's like a big reset in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, even if you even if you take them in chronological order, it doesn't feel like a progression. Mm. It feels like a like a uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's just a bunch of dots on a yeah. I don't know. Interesting. I have a mixed feeling because I like the understated nature of their relationship and I like all of the like individual little bits that they get. But I think take it in the whole of this movie and the way that things like physical intimacy and like sexuality are expressed across mm. the spectrum of characters in this movie, it makes it seem maybe a little more manufactured the way it is expressed between them mm. here. Interesting. Interesting. Especially when you take that in account the way that, like, in other movies, it has felt uh-huh. different. Interesting. We'll, we get, we'll get a, to that later. We get a brief glitchy view of the night they met in the snow, and then we get an OP with, a lot, with like, uh, burnt-out film strip uh, pictures of Shiki. <laughs> I will say, uh, it is very fun that uh, the recap movie ends with this scene of them meeting in the snow. Yeah. Uh, despite being mostly in chronological order, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, that feels like a hey, pay attention to this. It's going to be important for the next one. Yeah. Oh, there's also an incredible little sequence in the apartment uh, where it is a shot of Shiki sitting in bed, and then it cuts to a reverse shot of Mikia, and then it reverses again, and Shiki is now without like any animation happening, just completely face down, laying in bed. <laughs> uh huh. I love Shiki. She's perfect. We are now at Toko's office. Mikia is doing some cleanup work for the the exhibition, I presume. Shiki whines and demands attention. Uh, Toko has bought the Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> Shiki walks out Wait, saying that she... Real quick, Ben. Uh, you did miss that she did not buy it. Uh, it called she, out to her. Yeah, it called out to her. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know what that means. Mikia says that she's just trying to make it sound romantic so he doesn't yell at her. Yeah. <laughs> Shiki walks out saying she's hungry. Toko tells him to go after her before she eats someone. He runs after her and uh, Toko spends some time watching her CRT pile. <laughs> Apparently the serial killer from four years ago has started killing again. Very, dun, dun, dun. very funny that there's... Yeah. That it's like, oh yeah, there was like... A bunch of killings a week in a one week uh, four years ago, and now there are more killings. Definitely the same person. Uh-huh. Everyone just gets the vibe, I guess. Now, what kind of killer this is is important to the plot, because there's a lot of 
specific definitions for what different types of killing and murder are. Mm -hmm. The media is calling this a bloodthirsty killer, which Shiki defines as someone with no clear reason for killing people and uh, does not actually murder, but does slaughter instead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shiki then tells Mikia that, uh, in fact, you can only kill one person in your life. And then uh, before he gets her to expound on that, uh, she demands to go to a fancy restaurant. She saw him bring it Azaka too, that she's jealous of. Mm-hmm. With, yeah. Yeah. The end of movie six makes even less sense now. Because mm. like Toko framed that as, I don't know, maybe Shiki just got uh, regretful. But Toko framed that as, oh, Shiki gave Azaka a gift, which is her brother taking her to a fancy restaurant oh yeah or like hanging out but yeah. now she's more playful about asuka now i think yeah you know what i mean yeah, she's, i think she's, she's definitely just fucking with him a little bit uh-huh she's she's smiling and shit this is more some of the most sm- like shiki smiling we've seen mm-hmm. outside of uh, uppercase shiki in uh murder speculation a i think mm-hmm Now, cut to some of the obligatory cop stuff. Mikia's cousin, whose name I forgot again, uh, is like inspecting some remains of a brutally murdered person. So just like hands and feet left. One of the investigators says it was probably an alligator. Are there alligators in Japan? (laughs) Apparently. He's like, this couldn't have been human. This had to be a wild animal, like specifically an alligator. Um... Sorry. Um, I have a note written down here. Uh, like, why are the cops out at night? Why not just wait until you can actually see the crime scene? Um, <laughs> and that was before I realized that almost this entire movie takes place at night. Even uh-huh. scenes that are presumably during the day, they're still like, it's still dark and uh-huh. moonlit. Vibe check. Back at Shiki's place, Miki is reading magazines while Shiki relaxes. She asks him to stay the night, and it cuts to them sleeping fully clothed together, respectfully, (laughs) in bed. (laughs) Horny Shiki is so cute. (laughs) She just, like, puts a a hand on his shoulder and Uh then, like, takes it away. Mm -hmm. It's like, stay the night. Uh Uh-huh. Shiki is restless, and she uh, gets out of bed after looking at him. Uh, and then the next day, Mikia leaves work, but Shiki seems oddly distant, not looking is, at him when he goes. This is what I mean by this shot is is the lighting is still nighttime lighting, even though presumably it's daytime. Wait, wait, the the door light coming in from the door is daytime light. She she just has blackout curtains, I guess, okay. that we've never seen before and definitely aren't hanging on her window. <laughs> it's also like always like misty. Hmm. Hmm. Back at Toko's office, Toko does this incredible move where she has this stack of papers. This is so funny. She has a stack of like binders and she needs something from the bottom. So she just pulls out the bottom one. So all the papers <laughs> go everywhere and then doesn't react to that at all. It just goes on to read the thing she grabbed. Toko, Toko. Toko continues to be incredible. She's just perfect. Miki asks if he can leave early so he can go see Shiki again. And uh, Toko starts talking about the bloodthirsty killer. And she's like, uh, do you think Shiki's doing it? Mikia is worried that there is no alibi for Shiki during any of these murders. Mm-hmm. Toko is quick to reassure him about this, saying that the murderer side of Shiki is uppercase Shiki, who is now dead. 
boy Shiki is dead. He was the killer. And uh, this Shiki is just kind of clinging to some of his old habits. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She's not actually a killer anymore, is what Toko believes. And she's like, if you're so worried about it, just stalk her. (laughs) Which is pretty funny. (laughs) This is Uh, how Mikia solves most of his problems. Stalking, yeah. Yeah. The news suddenly reports another murder on the TV behind him. He panics, calls Shiki's apartment, doesn't get an answer, and then goes to find her, and she's not there. Mm -hmm. Now, Mikia goes to the Ryogi estate, or the outskirts of it, in order to wander around the bamboo forest and reminisce about what happened four years ago. They say four years and then three years a lot. Uh, I'm not actually clear on the timeline. She was in a coma for two. Okay, okay, okay. So four years ago was when they met and yeah. school year started. Yeah. Three years ago was when uh, Shiki got no- the uh, knocked out yeah. into the coma. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He gives us a little monologue about how he believes Shiki can't kill people or has always believed that. He seems to be a little shaky on that these days. He has a flashback to Shiki standing over the body, fountaining blood all over her and smiling. Uh-huh. Great. Uh, and then walks to the intersection where we last saw them because she, uh, Shiki was about to kill him. <laughs> Shiki saying, I want to kill you with a little smile is so romantic. Crying. It's really great. The, that whole exchange is some of the best shit of him being like, I don't want to die. And uh, him, like, Shiki, boy Shiki taking a long time being like, I want to kill you while crying is really <laughs> yeah. great. It's so good. I do have a note written down here that says Nasu has a real issue with not letting protagonists actually kill anyone. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that'll be more of a thing later also. Now, this romantic scene is interrupted by everyone's favorite uh, priest from K&K, uh, Araya Soren. This makes way more sense when I remember that a lot of book five got trimmed out because uh-huh. it was so long that they probably should have done two movies. Yeah. Uh, and so like, yeah, it's weird having him show up for approximately 30 seconds, 30 seconds just and then just this. not show up again in the entire movie. Well, yeah, I was, I was wondering his like shadow hangs uh, over the movie, I guess. But like, this is just such a dumb, so many things could have happened the without Soren showing up here and like throwing Shiki and then yes. like disappearing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I, he wasn't really needed as a catalyst at all to this. Yeah, I feel like um, the overarching like Araya plot of K and K is one of the weakest yeah. parts of it in general. Yeah, like, I just don't feel like it needs that connective tissue. And like every time mm-hmm. they remind me of it. I'm like, this is a little bit stupid, actually. Yeah. I've come around to some of his stuff being interesting, but like the the puppet master shit, it just doesn't really feel good. You know? Yeah. The way like every bad thing that happened to Shiki for a very long time was like, actually, I, I did this to you. It was to kind of like no, yeah. no thing at the end of it all. It's yeah, just yeah. like a little, I don't know. It's just, it's just not very interesting, you know? Yeah. Like, he himself is a much more interesting character in movie five than anything, yeah. any of his ripple effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nasu has done uh, surprise puppet master characters really well before, or <laughs> yeah. after this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the fun part of doing this now, uh-huh. is like... We already have context for later stuff. Yes. It's like, oh, right. 
these ideas get iterated on in interesting ways. Yes. Yeah, so much of this is a first pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shiki uh, fights with Soren for a little bit. Uh, he fails to commit to a killing blow on Araya. There was like a big scar in his head in movie five. I mm-hmm. assumed she stabbed him in the head and didn't kill him because of the ashes of the Buddha or whatever. But no, no, he, he just kind of like slashed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soren says some mysterious shit. Uh, Shiki drops the knife and uh, Shiki does a gay little run away while Mikio chases him. <laughs> yep. Presumably all of this is is uh, uppercase Shiki. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. I think uppercase Shiki runs gayer than lowercase Shiki. Yeah. He seems I was just, like it in their like date scene. Because of stuff we get later, mm-hmm. I'd assume that it was lowercase Shiki saying I want to kill you. Hmm. I don't know that that's true. I think the thing is that uh, uh, uppercase Shiki was the one who specifically wanted to kill Mikia and was struggling with it. Okay. I th- that makes sense. I think yeah, so. That is also how I interpreted it. Yeah. Uh, uppercase Shiki also tends to wear warm colors and lowercase Shiki wears cool colors. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. Where are we? Mikia chases after Shiki uh, and muses in the present that he was not sure that that was the right thing to do. He catches Shiki's hand. Uh, We don't hear what is said here, but we will later. (laughs) Shiki breaks free, still crying, faces Mikia for a moment, then runs away and jumps into traffic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The shot of... The shot of Shiki's little body ragdolling into the sky <laughs> didn't make me laugh. It's unfortunately very funny. I think they needed to cut like a second earlier, like on impact, because yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> bodies ragdolling through the sky has been made very funny by uh, video games. Yeah. This is this is the problem, is that and they show this shot again, and it's funny the second time. <laughs> It sucks because it's such a tragic moment of like Shiki like laying down in front of this car so the car won't uh like see him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And get caught under the wheels or whatever, and it's horrible and, it, and Mikia is just like not making it in time and and then and he especially goes, like, the flying. second time they show it, I think comes after probably the single best moment in this entire series. Uh-huh. Maybe the best thing Nasu's ever written, and then that happens right after it. The thing is that Uppercase Shiki is a fantastic character. Why uh-huh. is this series not about Uppercase Shiki? It is in a lot of ways, but, but unfortunately, he's he dead. The, why isn't he in the movies? Because he's dead. And what? this is about there the tragedy. There's so many of his other death. movies that are about stupid bullshit. Put Shiki in the movies. Like like past KK, just like in more movies, Uppercase Shiki should show up. Yeah, why did movie six happen? <laughs> that could have been cheeky time i am often asking this okay i thought you were saying just like in the new in avatar 3 cheeky is there <laughs> no i just mean like in toy story 5 uppercase cheeky is there that too that to could be, be fair, there too book 6 does sound like it is about uppercase cheeky mm-hmm. what did we fucking do here then you photoval <laughs> Now, back in the present, Shiki is skulking around in back alleys uh, over corpses, much mm-hmm. like in Murder Speculation 1. She did love to do this. 
she uh, is avoiding going home she stays at a love hotel for a bit we get a, a short shot of her titties while she's showering while godot's uh godot words like voice plays talking about the memories that he's forcing her to remember how much of an allowance does her family give her love hotels aren't that expensive no but she does stay here for like weeks does she there's later on there's a stack of magazines uh that mikia comes home to or comes to shiki's place Ah. too and so it feels like it's been at least a couple of weeks okay i was not sure clear on how long this was all happening over uh is she accepting money from her parents well how else is she affording to stay in this hotel she's like got an account or something must be because her family be. is so like insistent on making her the family guy the family um, guy <laughs> the, she making shiki the next peter griffin <laughs> uh, put uppercase shiki in family guy <laughs> i i feel like uppercase shiki would fit right into family guy to be honest uh the, i i feel like they probably just give her money and she's not gonna not use it right mm-hmm. oh right one thing from the last scene uh and we get like yeah i'll talk about it when we get there later. Mm-hmm. sorry oh oh you you're 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 surrendering your slot here okay uh we get a shot of mikia leaving his like 17th message uh-huh. <laughs> on oh, Shiki's phone which is very funny yeah. uh he finally heads home and bumps into his cop cousin who's akimi akimi is his name Hmm. I think so. Daisuke. Daisuke. Uh, that's what I was Daisuke, calling him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kuritsuke was all I yes. remember. <laughs> Daisuke comes in and uh, talks about the killings. Uh, finally, years later, he has finally come to consider that possibly Shiki might have been involved after dismissing <laughs> it out of hand uh-huh. all those years ago. Mostly because he's heard that the person uh, a, a person in a kimono is always spotted at the scene of the crime mm-hmm. i know someone like that yeah one person you can think of he's like so it, mikia well, okay you say that we do get shots of the street and it's like right every time shiki's out shiki is the only yes, person a wearing kimono, a kimono yes. this is yeah true. yeah uh he's like so mikia do you happen to know anything you haven't told the police and mikia's like straight face no i don't know anything (laughs) (laughs) now the very bizarre subplot of this movie is going to begin uh let me paste my note into the chat real quick Uh uh-huh super weird (laughs) have you heard about how drugs are bad (laughs) So uh, specifically to prepare LSD and marijuana, which I'm are hearing the kids are getting really into marijuana in secret lately. To prepare for this for our notes watch through. This is the of other this movie. Time we forgot. Uh, ben and I watched the 1936 <laughs> Reefer Madness, otherwise Fuck known yeah. as Tell Your Children, <laughs> um, which is a movie about how marijuana makes you crazy okay this is the funniest unexpected parallel of this is that the movie is presented as this is a movie about how marijuana makes you an insane murderer and then it turns out that marijuana plays a very small ancillary role to uh the happenings of that film which the and the murders are accidental and or unrelated Uh uh-huh 
much like K and K Seven. The drugs are just kind of background noise to tell us how bad drugs are. However, in K and K Seven, uh, the drug subplot takes up like fully half of the runtime. Okay, wait. I gotta tell you, it takes up a lot of reefer madness too. <laughs> Um, I guess yeah. that makes sense. Okay, it's yeah. also okay. Yes, it's very funny to me, to me as someone who lives in America, that it's all about LSD and marijuana, two like generally considered non-addictive drugs that are not that bad uh-huh. compared to famously other drugs. chill drugs. Yes, I'm not a drug expert here, but even I was like, this is dumb. This is so dumb. Well, but it is super weed. It's it not normal weed, weed. Which is ten, ten times, times stronger. stronger than regular weed, which will kill you instantly if you're not ready for it. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. The, the drug stuff is like... St- <laughs> okay, I think of early Nasu stuff as being like leaning into like traditional like urban fantasy, like edgy shit a lot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is like murder, serial killers, sexual assault... And not drugs, typically, but here, last movie, too, was also drug-involved. But this is a lot more drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the sudden, like, oh, my God, the most terrifying thing I can think of is strong weed. <laughs> Which I know Japan has some very, like, like bananas laws about mm-hmm. weed on the books. You know what I mean? Some, like, yeah. real war on drugs, like, height of uh, shit, you know? So it makes sense that, like... Uh, it gets treated as something much worse than it does now in America, mm-hmm. you know? But also it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Daisuke says that drugs are involved in this case somehow. Mikia calls Toko the next day and asks her to dig up some more he, information. He does drop the detail that only... He, he says over half, but... He doesn't say everyone had drugs on them. Oh. He says, uh, you know, like, more than half of them did. I thought it was all of them. That's no. very funny. Which is, I was chuckling, like, sure, I guess that that's, like, all you have to go on. Maybe some of those people weren't actually this guy murdering them. Maybe they were just random killings. <laughs> You're telling me that people who are marginalized by society and living on the edge, uh are likely to be targeted by serial killers because they're convenient victims? Yeah. Impossible. I think anyway. it's more likely that the serial killer is developing custom strains of super powerful mega drugs and then <laughs> intentionally killing people that buy them. <laughs> That's the wildest part of this. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, This is also very funny. Miki is like, Toko, can you look into this for me? And Toko's like, okay. And she calls his cousin and asks yeah. more questions. Yeah. I do like the reveal that uh, Toko knows his cousin. Yes, that's her police contact is, is Mikio's cousin. Uh, anyway, we get this really funny scene of Mikio walking down a spooky alley where like some oh my God. drug users and homeless people are hanging out. And he, like, uh, buys some drugs and then, like, is so uh, upset from this uh, exchange that he has to drink water really hard (laughs) as if he'd been running a marathon. Scared for his life because he walks by three guys wearing coats. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway. Okay, real quick. 
Why did Mikia get high? Does he know that you can investigate do drugs LSD? without like doing them? Okay, yeah, I was. Li- <laughs> what insight does this give him? All he says later is, "I don't know." <laughs> like, I had, I had... he bought so much. <laughs> also, <laughs> he gives no. He doesn't say anything before. He like there's no justification. It just cuts to a scene where he's already done it. Mm-hmm. So he's drinking water. Uh, and some lady in a big coat walks up and sees him holding the, the, the red stuff. And she's like, I ain't dealing with the red stuff. You can get your drugs elsewhere. Well, he clearly has his own drugs. And yeah. <laughs> he this lady at, rules. Yeah, she's fun. He looks after her and then sees Shiki in the distance and runs after her and loses her. Mm-hmm. On the other end of that, we start following after Shiki. Some guys following her and then him and three other guys corner her and attack her and she's like oh you're looking for a good time and then beats the shit out of them without mm-hmm. killing them again there's a really bizarre like slow motion opera soundtrack fight scene of her uh fighting these dudes that will be also reused later i think a lot about how this movie is exactly two hours uh-huh and like i'm not saying that all of the slowed down scenes are are because they wanted to hit exactly two hours but it does not not saying (laughs) it does feel like at some point they were like we're at like 157 what if we could just do like two hours on the dot wouldn't it be cool anyway what's mikia's big friend what's fake arihiko's name oh gakuto yes Yes. Yeah, it's something like that. Is there a G in there? Uh, He's hanging out at Mikia's apartment while Mikia discusses the drugs that he's doing (laughs) with Mm -hmm. him. Um, And then they eat cup ramen together. This is where I was like, wait, he did the drugs? He's not just bluffing to look cool in front of his friend? Yeah, apparently. It's like, I don't know, man. This is the bit where his friend is like, so why did you get high? And Mikia's like, huh? You know, kids try shit. So you know? I don't recommend it. Mikia canceled on Twitter for trying <laughs> red LSD. Anyway. Later on, Mikia is looking for Shiki again, and he bumps into the lady drug dealer from yesterday. She is now sporting a look I can only describe as femme shaggy. <laughs> she does she's wearing like bell bottoms. Her color scheme is shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> It is. She has a big coat and a hat and a crucifix. Uh-huh. Uh, Damn, you're telling me even Catholics deal drugs? Yes. Oh, man. She uh, gets annoyed with him for hounding her, pins him to the wall and threatens him with a knife. And he's like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just I'm just looking into the weird spooky drug. I know you don't do it. And she's like, fine, I'll talk to you. Uh... She talks about the drugs and the killer being, or he talks about the drugs and the killer being connected. And then she gives him some, like, completely bananas information. So she witnessed the fight the other day. Mm -hmm. Shiki fighting those guys. Somehow, from far enough away that nobody saw her, she was able to notice that Shiki had feminine curves through her kimono in the dark during a fight. What is she talking about? Shiki is not curvy. I also uh, love to examine women. Did she have binoculars? (laughs) Shiki was doing (laughs) backflips. Anyway, this is... 
I think Shiki may have been drawn in this movie a little curvier. Yeah, that makes sense. But like also she's still very androgynous she's wearing like a baggy ass kimono yeah a number of visual filters on every scene i could not imagine seeing anyone from like <laughs> even 15 feet away so uh this uh lady who i don't think ever gets a name is like uh, uh that that girl that girl's fucked up you stay away from her Mm-hmm. well she does say okay she's definitely the serial killer no she didn't kill any of those people uh-huh and she uh, also immediately susses out that he knows her because he is uh, terrible at this. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Um, she says that all four of the dudes were using the mystery drug, which they refer to as the cocktail after this, because it's a mix of marijuana and LSD that is highly addictive and way too strong. That's how drugs work. You put them together and they become highly addictive and way too strong. Yeah, specifically, if you mix non-addictive drugs together, they become addictive. Mm-hmm. So the red tabs we've been seeing are, uh, or that Mikia has are called the cocktail. However, there's a worse version called blood chip, there, which we saw a picture of when Daisuke was showing Mikia evidence that he should not be showing Mikia. <laughs> There is an incredible close-up on Mikia's lips as he says, blood chip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He really makes a meal out of that first line read. They are the same red tabs, but they have like uh, bloody looking edges, like dark red edges. Mm. Uh, As if they were dipped in blood, perhaps. Uh, she says some bananas shit about how uh, the the blood chip user or, or dealer is only targeting children, which is why uh, young young kids, which is why the police haven't caught on to it yet. The police famously not caring about drugs. No, no. The reason kids. is that um, only like low level drug dealers sell to kids and the police only care about big shot drug dealers. This is that that makes sense to me, but. I don't think it makes fucking any sense. I think okay. it's still ridiculous. I say, uh, I do get that her opinion is the cops don't care about people actually being harmed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just think the idea of, like, uh, they <laughs> they have this drug. We've seen them physically uh-huh. have the drug. Uh-huh. They just don't notice. Yes. Uh, because it... I guess didn't come from an important enough drug dealer. Yeah. Dice uh, Dice Gay is the only guy chasing this. Yeah. Listen, cops and Nasu stuff are incompetent, famously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just just like real life. Whoa, whoa. Uh she also tells him the name of the dealer, and while it is pointlessly censored out uh by a, a oncoming train, Mikia rec- recognizes it clearly. This is all very funny because we know who it is. Yes. Because of the bit at the end of the last movie. Anyway, it's been too long since we've seen Toko, so we get a scene of Toko driving around and smoking and doing stuff. Shout outs to Toko. Being hot and useless as usual. Yeah, I think so. She does have cat eyes a lot this movie. Or, Uh, yeah. Toko has cat eyes is one of my last notes. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's got, like, slits, yeah. Uh, she's getting some information out of uh, Daisuke, who's like, there's no proof that it's the same person. I just really feel like it's the same person. I do like uh, him, Daisuke, saying, did you find any evidence? And Toko saying, none the cops could use. Yeah. 
Yeah. She also she gives this bananas monologue about how violence is moving to the heart of the cities and you could never know if your neighbor is going to be a murderer and all the stuff about how urbanization is evil and bad. Mm-hmm. It's like This is the kind of shit she's running for mayor of Chicago right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, shout out I, to Chicago for not electing that loser who lives in the suburbs who uh, loves cops. Yeah, finally. Um, yeah, I think I read it a little differently, but mm-hmm. this is a way funnier way to read her monologue. There's more generous ways to say it, but Toko sometimes just says the most inane shit. Uh huh. Well, she is like the primary deliverer of like 20 year old Nasu philosophy. <laughs> yes, and yes. So sometimes something's going to slip out of there. We get a shot of uh, young Shiki walking through the bamboo grove, talking about wander- wanting to be like in lonely places. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to regular Shiki, current Shiki, who uh, s- sees a shadow moving the alley. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's the murderer and like runs after them and finds finds a guy eating some corpses down a super secret side suit like alley within an alley within an alley <laughs> which is very funny why does that space exist for uh, guys to, to eat corpses in? this yeah. is the thing is like why is there an alley space that is so tight that a small person has to like squeeze to get into it and then opens up into a bigger space this is this is not architecture <laughs> it's for storing your boxes anyway we see a blonde guy wearing an approximation of Shiki's outfit eating a corpse. And he also has catboy eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I do really like that it's them. not actually like a one-to-one Shiki outfit. It's just it's like a, good a red jacket and a skirt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or a kimono. Uh, is it a kimono? It is a kimono. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, it's a different color kimono that's like arranged a little differently, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he does some really great in giggling and does some like uh pinball flip kick knife fighting with Shiki. There is so much of this guy hopping around for no reason in this movie. Mm-hmm. It is his one move. He uh, does it in every fight. Huh? He's got the zoomies. He's got the zoomies because of all of the drugs that he's taking, <laughs> which are. I don't know if LSD is a downer, but I don't think marijuana typically gets you going. <laughs> Usually you, t- you eat some chips and go to bed. Well, but I think you will find that it's not, in fact, because of the drugs that he's taking, but uh, because of things that we find out soon. Yes, yes. So he does a bunch of stunts and taunts her. Uh, she fights him a little bit and then has an opportunity to kill him, doesn't take it. He whines about it uh please let shiki kill someone aside from herself this is always the thing with characters who uh are like on the edge of being murderers in a lot of anime stuff and in nasu stuff too is that they will introduce the world's most annoying character who wants the person to do a murder Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like well i also want her to do a murder but and not like that yeah but not for you It's real yeah. making up a guy to stop the person you want to do a murder from doing a murder. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It happens weirdly often. <laughs> it's not normal when boys do it. <laughs> this is the problem. 
This is I my, hate this guy so fucking. This much. is my hypocritical stance. Yeah, you know, you know, posted a in our chat. Rio is a uh, sicko derogatory, yes. and yes, that's my note on Rio. It will not change. Oh, it's also very funny that he has his hair cut exactly like Shiki's, but he's blonde. It's yeah. not even a good approximation. He used yeah, to it's have nighttime. dark hair. He could dye it. Uh-huh. It's anyway. foggy. <laughs> he wants her to do a murder, and also his body is like mushing and distorting and stretching uh, mm-hmm. for some reason, but that doesn't really matter at all for the course of this it's just kind of for effect uh he says he's done all these murders to get her attention uh he makes some shit up about how she's jealous of him for getting to have all this fun and that she's resisting her origin we've heard that her origin is void from soren i don't really know why that means she's a murderer necessarily yeah uh it seems like that's I mean, it could just be this guy making up what he thinks her origin is. Yes, that's true. He never says what he thinks it is. She says she has no interest in this freak. uh, And yeah, he's like, go ahead and kill me then. Go ahead and kill me and then you'll turn into a freak like me. If you kill kill a serial killer, you're just as bad (laughs) as the serial killer. She refuses to do so, and he's like, okay, then I'm going to kill uh, the person who's holding you back. He's like, he pretty openly is like, I'm going to kill Mikia then. She <laughs> effortlessly chops off his arm, which is the most frustrating thing of this whole movie is this guy is such a chump that Chiki could have killed him at any moment without any <sighs> effort. Mm-hmm. And yet he's yeah. going to be doing so much. One of the most successful guys. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he screams, he jumps around, he doesn't bleed, really. (laughs) Uh, For some reason, there's a shot of her throwing a throwing knife that we've never seen before at him, and he catches it in his teeth and breaks it. I don't Mm -hmm. really know why that happens. And then he hops away, saying he's going to kill Mikia, and his gross arm has, like, tentacles in it, and bounces around for a second and then dies. Mm -hmm. Again. Sure happened. Not really relevant. Froggy all over. Yeah. Back with Mikia. Mikia is now in a gross apartment full of drugs, pictures of Shiki, videos of Shiki, and also Shiki's favorite water brand for some reason. I didn't pick up on that detail. That's really incredible. It's so The full experience. Uh, Yes, it also has a a great view of the bay, Mm -hmm. which is pretty funny too. I would live there, minus the, the Shiki paraphernalia. (laughs) <laughs> but, I would have like probably like only thirty percent the number of shiki pictures. Yes, yeah. I was about yeah. I was Slightly about to say like there would be some shiki pictures, but not like a creepy amount, <laughs> a normal tasteful amount of pictures of a woman you don't know. <laughs> She's a fictional character, Ben. I have like pictures of apartment. Pictures of Toko. Mix it up. Yeah. Okay, pictures of Toko. Now we're talking. <laughs> I can. I have room in my heart for both of these freaks. Mikia finds the very prominently placed key item diary on uh, the desk, and uh, the killer talks about having met Cheeky four years ago, asked her out, got told that she hates weak people, and decided to take it out on some guy's skull. Mm-hmm. He claims to... This is very funny, because it says he punched him. This is like a localization thing, I'm sure, but... We see this scene. He definitely cracks him over the head with something. Oh, I re- thought that that was a different murder. His reaction is so 
this is the first time I've killed someone. I guess can't imagine true. that yeah. wouldn't be the first time you killed someone. Yeah, I think the the scene that cuts away to that image when he's reading the diary is supposed to yeah. be yeah. that moment. Also, there's a shot of some like drugged up red eyed guinea pigs <laughs> crammed into he's a cage. He's got like a cage full of rodents. Yeah. It's so the fact that it's not rats, that it's guinea pigs with like assorted guinea pig colors is so funny. Like he raided a pet store and was like, You got more expensive, bigger rodents for me. <laughs> that way he can uh do more drugs with them. He's uh, he's making super weed. He needs bigger guys. <laughs> bigger rodents. <laughs> In the diary, he says that he killed a guy and that when he killed that guy, his own self died with him. This is this is thematically important. Naruhodo. And then he mentions Araya uh, saying, oh, no, don't worry about it. You're just doing what comes naturally to you. <laughs> and he's like, but I want someone who I can share this with. And then uh, the, the, the murderer uh, shows up in the apartment clutching his uh, armless, uh, the stump of his arm. Mm hmm. He's like, oh, you found this place earlier than I expected. Miki is like, I figured it out because of somehow you were connected to the, the apartments from K&K 5. I don't really know how, but, you know, Miki has said it, so I guess it's true. Presumably was one of the, like, fake listies. Yeah, okay, that makes or sense. Or something, I don't know. Our murderer is Shirazumi Ryo, the the guy from uh, K&K... Uh, What's that? Two is murder speculation. Yeah. And uh, he shows up briefly a couple times in that. And also we've seen shots of him in the alley, just not with the same haircut. Mm -hmm. He is the guy who dropped out of high school uh, because he had found something better to do with his life. Which is pretty funny. Drugs. This is really a horror story about how drugs make you drop out of high school. Mm -hmm. What has he been doing for the last four years? Drugs. Drugs. Growing I guess. weed. I guess it's drugs. He's got because a giant warehouse. But he hasn't been killing anyone. He's been well, fucking farming. That's, that's because he's been high the whole time and taking lots of naps. Okay. <laughs> you don't get such a healthy warehouse full of plants overnight. <laughs> unless unless you're friends with Soren, who probably just <laughs> delivered most of that to him. I think he does say that he, that's what yes, happened. Yes, he did say that Soren gave him the super weed. Anyway. <laughs> He says, uh, we, we got a shot in Murder Speculation B of uh, Mikia having lunch, like dinner with someone in between visiting Shiki on the night that he sees Shiki standing over a corpse. Ryo's like, that's right. I held you up so that you would see Shiki standing over that body and know what kind of person she is before she just killed you without you realizing. And I'm like, how the fuck does any of that make sense? How does the timeline of this work? Great question, so, man. Rio killed a guy. Yes. Caught Mikia. I guess. Distracted him for a little bit so that Shiki could find the body. Mikia said something that made him go check uh, on Shiki again. He finds Shiki standing over the corpse. That part makes sense. Yes. The corpse is fountaining blood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like it's caught in a hydraulic press. <laughs> Okay, have you considered, Ben, that maybe the corpse was, in fact, caught in a hydraulic press? <laughs> yes, uh, he also got uh, Fujino to help out, and she's squeezing it gently in the background <laughs> to make the blood come out. Uh, We're all in the same, like, group chat. 
this is this is for style this is this doesn't actually make any sense but like the the image of the corpse fountaining blood as if it were just killed i guess is just for like this effect mm-hmm. even though it doesn't make sense um i would also be pretty distracted by a corpse that continued to float in blood for like an hour <laughs> <laughs> I think that was really like something miracle. was very wrong they with would, this like, man to begin with, and he was on his way out anyway. <laughs> they would like enshrine his body as a relic in, by the, in the Catholic Church for this kind of shit. Rio did this guy. That, oh yeah, that's, that's old faithful. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, okay. Rio, uh, yeah. So Rio's like, well, I didn't do any of those murders back then, and uh, Mikia's like. That's stupid. <laughs> of course you did. Mm-hmm. Shiki didn't do it. <laughs> and then he notices Rio is missing an arm. Uh, Rio's like, oh, it's not healing, which I guess means it would probably grow back normally if Shiki hadn't been the one to cut it off. He then, like, takes some drugs out of a cabinet or something. Because he, he starts a bunch getting... of, like, sticks. I think he's yeah, just eating are... joints. <laughs> yeah, those are marijuana. <laughs> They're the condensed hard. marijuana. Yeah, they're not uh, joints. They're like they're the distilled drug because he like bites them and chews them. I uh, I did wonder if he was just eating joints for a bit. <laughs> okay. Um, hard pressed marrow. Oh, that wouldn't burn well, would it? But you have to remember that they're mixed with LSD. Oh, I see. Which you sense. do put in your mouth. Because <laughs> he does smoke some joints later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. It looks uh, like like gum or something. <laughs> well, he is targeting kids, he said. So he's gotta make it like big league chew. <laughs> um right, right, right. So he takes some drugs and then uh he, it, this means he's gonna start getting sicko again. Uh he says that his awakening he was his origin was awakening awakened by Soren, and that's why he kills, not because he wants to. Because his origin is to devour which seems like a rough one yeah and specifically for some reason it's not that just that he can like eat stuff he has to eat people yeah well does he, he well he says, says he's not this. trying to eat he doesn't want to do this he but he's compelled to kill and eat people or else he would just be like haunting a farm or something i mean okay here's the thing has he gone outside of the city that's a good question has he been to a farm mm-hmm Fen, he has all those fucking guinea pigs. I guess I mean, it kind of seems like he killed one guy maybe by accident. Was like, actually, this is this is dope. I love this. Uh huh. Yeah, he does claim that it's not his fault. Which this is the this is the thing is that he's like, oh, it's not my fault, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to do this. And then it's just him being like uh, a baby about something that he's doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Nas- Nasu characters love to lie to themselves and to us. He says this is the last normal conversation he's going to be able to have, uh, and he says he wants to make Shiki into a murderer and that Mikia is getting in his way. He says that he is special and he wants Shiki to be special too. Uh, he also says that Mikia was always like a nice guy to him, which is why he's like holding back on killing Mikia right now. Uh, he collapses tearfully against Mikia. Uh, and like cries into his pants and is like it's all over for me and miki is like not as long as you're still alive and then uh, rio pushes him away and then instead of leaving out the door jumps out the window for some reason 
Because it's cooler? He says that he'll kill Mikia if he sees him again. Mm-hmm. There's no time pressure here. Why does he jump out the window? Because it's, it's cool. To demonstrate that he's a, he's a bestial sicko now. Yeah. In response to this, Mikia calls Toko and is like, hey, can you help me save this guy? I think he's going to, I think we can, I think we can pull him back. Uh, and Toko's like, no. Mikia really starting to lose me right around here. Okay. On the other hand, shout outs to Mikia for believing in restorative justice. Yes. <laughs> The Toko, yeah, Toko is going to talk about this more, but Toko's like, I don't even know how to begin to do anything that you're talking about, kid. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Mikio has no answer. This is the, I do like the bit here where Toko's like, yeah, I don't know. I only work with bodies. Yeah. Souls are way beyond me. I think that's later, but it is very, oh, is it? it is good. Okay. This is, they have a second conversation about oh. this later. Yeah. Um, oh right. This is Mikia has heard of restorative justice, but he hasn't really read much theory, mm-hmm. so he doesn't actually have a response when people are like, "But what do you do with a murderer?" Uh huh. I okay. I gotta be. I gotta say, um, I also wouldn't know what to do with like a supernatural uh has to kill uh-huh. can't uh like sustain his urges yes kind of guy. Well, the thing is, I think the thing is, whether or not you believe in restorative justice, uh, killing someone in self-defense while they're attacking you typically is not considered an uh, evil act. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like a liberal-brained, like, all-violence-is-bad kind of person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to fight back against a supernatural murderer. Mm-hmm. Anyway. He heads to Shiki's apartment. She's not there. He sits around, and then she calls him from his apartment, where she is looking for him, which is very funny. <laughs> very funny. This, I like this scene a lot of them having a weird argument over the phone at each other's respective houses. Uh-huh. It's good framing. It it did take me, I think it was at the end of Shiki's side of the conversation. It reveals that uh, it's his apartment. Yeah, I don't they, think... Oh, <laughs> the bit where he talks to Daisuke in his apartment is just to remind us what it looks like uh-huh. so that we know that this yeah. it is. It's very good. Okay. Chiki's been worried about him since Ryo said that shit. And she demands that he stay with Toko for a bit while she deals with the issue. And he's like, listen, I know Ryo is an inhuman mass murderer who uh, is trying to kill and eat me, <laughs> who you are in love with. But you can't kill him. You can't kill him. Murder is always bad. Speaking of lib-brained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shiki is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course I'm going to kill him. Especially for you. Uh-huh. To protect you. Uh, she says that his generalizations are getting on, a, on her nerves and he can't really come up with a com- uh, comeback. Begs her to come home and tells her that he will never forgive her if she kills Ryo. She doesn't take this well. She reminds him that she is also a bloodthirsty killer. And uh, he's like, well, you haven't killed anyone yet. And she's like, by luck. Uh-huh. Confirming what what I was suspected in the first movie. Shiki has never killed anyone. Except. Except Soren. Except for Soren. Who she definitely killed. Yeah. For sure. I guess And also, zombies, what's her but... name? The ghost. They don't really frame it like that in the in the movies, yes, um, but like, but yeah, in the book, killed people. 
well, there are so many moments where it's like, uh, she, she absolutely would have if the person didn't very coincidentally die. Yes. Uh huh. Anyway, this, I guess this. And is I, I don't think that's a meaningful distinction, personally. That's what I guess. What she she is her tact is here is it's pure chance. Like if if Fujino was a slightly worse person, I would have killed her. If uh, uh she would have killed uh Kirie if she had gotten her hands on her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, Miki is like, but but no, you're a kind person and you would never kill. This is wild. This uh-huh. is a wild turn for Mikia. Well, this is I don't think this is a turn. This is what he said when they were kids, too, in Murder Speculation B or A. He's always been like, I can't believe that you're a murderer, even though she is very clearly telling him exactly when a person tells you what they are, you can believe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess for me, it is two things here. It is um, Nasu doing that thing he does where he just like makes up new definitions for words. Yes. Um, I do think this is a fun thing that Nasu does. Mixed for me. Uh, uh-huh. Here I find it annoying. <laughs> um, and then like get makes his characters get like really, really stuck on this thing. And here it's like the murder thing, which is fine. Um, but also there have been many years and many like contexts that Mikia would have to completely ignore that he has spent with Shiki to like maintain this opinion between the first time he said that and now. And mm-hmm. in between that, we've seen him seem a lot cooler and wiser about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because they haven't explicitly talked about it, I, I guess <laughs> between now and then, I, I assumed, and I guess I probably shouldn't have, that there had been a change in mm-hmm. the way their relationship was. Um, and it kind of seems like that assumption was was bad on my part. Um, but it just him getting the most heated that he's like ever gotten about anything when he's like yelling at her for planning to kill a guy who has murdered like mm-hmm. 20 people and also isn't in control of his own faculties... Uh, like, and, and insisting that she can never can kill anyone for any reason, even for, like, mercy for his own self or mm-hmm. for, like, normal justice is just, just, like, seems, like, really rancid to me. I uh. have not... This did not surprise me at all. This is... This is... This is... We get, like, Shiro doing the same thing, right? In Fate's Day Night. Yeah, but I think Shiro uh, sucks way more than Mikia sucks. This, this is true. This didn't really surprise me about Mikia, and we do get by the end uh, that uh, he is a lot more flexible about this than he appears in this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have seen just... his, I think that his like the way his opinions have shifted is true, but in this moment, he is choosing to be very stubborn about this in a way that is like uh, bad for both of them, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it is easy to justify and i mm-hmm. was annoyed enough that i didn't want to give the movie yeah. grace no no i totally get you because it, it, it was like, it's like when it's like when he goes out of his way to save uh fujino's rapist you know what i mean it's like mikia yeah. mikia and like at the end of that he's like it's okay that she killed all of those rapists mm-hmm. right uh and like i i'm with you there bud uh <laughs> But he has this, like, Nasu protagonist stubbornness about what he believes that mm-hmm. can be very frustrating and frustrated me a lot about Shiro. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's interesting that you say Nasu protagonist. Mm-hmm. Cheeky doesn't really have this. Cheeky, yeah. either oh. of them. <laughs> either Cheeky. Um, yeah, I think. I think it's well. This is the thing. It is often uh, a, a boy problem. Yes. And I think that uh, Tsukihime Shiki is both a little un- like undeveloped uh, for a lot of the game to have those strong beliefs. You know what I mean? He's more of like a sounding board for other characters' beliefs mm-hmm. than he is like a strong personality himself for most of it. Uh, and also, he is also a you should never kill someone person. But a lot of what Tsukihime is about is how that uh, that ideology fails you. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So that breaks down in some interesting ways, I think. I'm reading Tsukihime it's... remake again, uh, so I have a lot of Tsukihime feelings all again. I think it's also interesting that, like, for me, Mikia has felt much more distinct from kind of like Nasu's like boy protagonist mold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that just comes from like, uh, you know, I haven't, I am unable to read these books, and the movies just don't frame him as like a point of view character nearly as much as. Yeah all of the other Nasu works that I have experienced or been exposed to. So when he kind of like does manifest those more standard characteristics, it kind of feels more out of place to me, I guess. Yeah. Or yeah, there's a certain kind of ideological stubbornness that isn't just a protagonist thing, but is like a common like trope Nasu way of writing characters, right? Yes. Yeah. I was always like, oh yeah, Mikia feels really refreshingly like not, tropey mm-hmm. in like nasu's like stable house way you know mm-hmm. i think it, i think it goes to some interesting places but uh it was really frustrating because especially because of where this specific conversation leads mm-hmm. yeah and i guess i want to make it clear that i'm not like oh the character did something i don't like and i'm mad oh, about yeah. that <laughs> like also like it just seems dumb it just seems dumber than he is yeah what do you think fan you got something on your mind there Go like this. Ben's getting sleepy. Mm. I'm starving. Oh, no. Do you uh, want to stop for a snack or something? No. Okay. We're pushing through. Um, I th- Yeah. I think... Yeah. I don't have strong opinions. Mm-hmm. I did not... I was like, oh, yeah, of course Mikia is doing this. Yeah. <laughs> this is where kind of where I was at was like, oh, yes, this is the same Mikia who saved that rapist. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. That sucks, too. It does suck. Fuck that shit. Shiki does this thing again where she sits him down and she's like, listen, I don't know what Toko has been telling you, but it's not that uppercase Shiki was a murderer and is dead. I'm the murderer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uppercase shiki was some kind of bizarre like driven to murder person who didn't actually want to kill people mm-hmm. she says and shiki is someone who this shiki lowercase shiki desperately wants to experience the act of murdering someone mm-hmm. and can't get away from that and is bound to do it at some point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is so good so yes, yeah, she completely like throws away Toko's theory of this is just lingering attachment to boy Shiki who was the killer. It, it is she is a murderer by mm-hmm. nature. The reason the reason she took this job with Toko was so that she would have an excuse to kill someone without uh, Mikio feeling bad about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
So she says that she's going to cross the line and not be able to return and that he should not wait up for her. Uh, and then he uh, gives the speech about how she's a, a good person, how she values murder. <laughs> she like thinks of it as being something special and isn't going to just throw it away on this guy. And he's <laughs> a fun bit where he's like, I know you have a fetish for killing people. That's not bad. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Uh, Mikia says, everyone has a fetish, and it's fine if yours is murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good bit. It's really um, good. And he's like, you'll be able, to, I believe you can suppress this. And she's like, well, I don't believe that. And then hangs up on her, uh, on him. Uh, after he says, oh, you're so kind, though. And she goes to find Ryo. Mm-hmm. Now... Mikia reports his findings to Toko, and Toko explains to us finally what an origin is, which is an interesting idea. She uses these sick uh, Matryoshka dolls. These, like, little demonic Matryoshka dolls. Yeah, this rules. Okay, okay. So, an origin... This is, this is reincar- about reincarnation. Mm-hmm. The origin is sort of a uh, directional force that your soul follows from its first inception from its first life you know what i mean uh it is like an impulse that guides uh the direction of your life throughout all of your lives right Mm -hmm. but a human being is a complex enough life form to kind of discard the concept of the origin as long as it's not like front and center like shown to them right you can kind of ignore it and like look away from it Mm mm-hmm what Araya, what Soren has done, is figured out how to force people to confront their origin, and it becomes a compulsion that they cannot stop. Yeah. It, it, it erodes their personality until the origin is all that's left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I think yeah. this is fun. Yeah, I really I, like yeah. this. I like the bit of, like, there is, there is some, like, yeah, she calls it instinct. Yeah. At some point. That is, like, yeah, normally... We have sem- sapience, mm-hmm. so we can like override it or like ignore it. It's just a feeling, but somehow Soren can yeah like awaken it and give yeah. it power. This is very like uh, like like ve- it's a good reason for why mur- like the, these people who have killed someone have like crossed this line of humanity. It's it, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's it's like mm-hmm. a fun underpinning for Nasu's idea that like. If you become a serial killer, it is not for normal reasons, and you are you have become like transcended the line of human. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Uh, this, yeah, like Tsukihime shit. Like what happens to vampires because they uh, can no longer engage with the world on human terms and have become something else. This is yes. I'm sure that someone will disagree with me about this, uh, but it does. It is interesting coming back to this which feels very tsukihime and is is kind of is not entirely but uh is mostly uh like done away with in stay night yeah um the the like oh what is what is human Mm -hmm. and like you know what if you don't fit into yeah that box yeah yeah, yeah. where do you go this is what do you do human is a social construct yeah kind of stuff which is really interesting Uh uh-huh uh-huh Human is something that is a category that is policed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I love, I love all that. Kill uh, the cop who tells you to be human in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh toko says that uh to devour is a weird origin and that he must have been a predator uh in, in a, past <laughs> There's a lion like eating an antelope Ow. or something she says that he will become a herd of beasts if left alone uh which i'm like oh that's chaos uh-huh. that makes a lot of sense this is this is near, uh nero chaos from tsukime i it feels like nasu wrote that line and was like but what if there was a guy who was a herd of beasts uh-huh uh, when writing tsukihime he's got that cool reality marble so that he can still have a personality and also be a herd of beasts yes. uh-huh tsukihime vampires they're weird they so cool yeah <laughs> love that shit mikia is like well if he's being forced to do, do to do this by Soren and Toko like cuts him down and is like tells him though she doesn't know the spell knows that it is a consensual agreement between mage and uh affected mm-hmm. uh to awaken your origin like you have to consent to it uh i think that i don't know that rio had the full uh like terms and conditions of this laid out to him yeah. You know what I mean? But he did eat someone before Soren did this to him. Yep. Yeah. So Toko, this is where Toko's well, like And sorry, yeah, you said full terms and conditions. It also feels like a like yeah, like he was drunk, but he said yes, yeah. so So Toko's like, I specialize in containers, in bodies, mm-hmm. things that hold souls. Like dolls. Yeah. Not souls. Soren was a soul expert. I really don't know what you want me to do about this. <laughs> and he's like, well, is there anything we could do? And she's basically like palliative care until I was about we put him say- down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is like, I guess, yeah. The Yumizuka problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Mikia doesn't like this. Toko is like, I'm not going to stop you from getting getting in the middle. Once again, Toko being an extremely irresponsible uh, authority figure here. Being like, well, go do whatever. I don't really care. Uh, you're going to get killed. You should just leave it to Shiki, but I'm not going to try and stop you at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we get this like great exchange about uh, why would someone kill someone? Yep. Uh, it kind of like goes up and down, but uh, yeah, Mikia's like, why would a person kill another person? And Toko says, when the emotion you feel towards another person exceeds your capacity, be it love or hate, when the emotion overflows, it needs to be eliminated somehow. When the elimination method becomes extreme, it becomes murder. This is fun. I like this. Mm-hmm. The idea that everyone has like an emotional bandwidth and uh, exceeding it can turn into a desire to kill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that seems that seems pretty on the ball. Yeah. She then goes on to explain the difference between murder and slaughter as being essentially uh, murder is something where you are on equal terms with the other person. Mm. And slaughter is when you you are less than human attacking something that is human. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're not on the same terms at all. Yeah. It isn't like the way she defines murder is like kind of romantic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like putting it all on the table. Yeah. And like connecting to someone in some transcendental way, mm-hmm. uh, some horror way, you know what I mean? And slaughter is just like, uh, I'll kill anyone who looks at me because I'm a wild animal. Yeah. This is this is what uh, Shiki was complaining about Fujino doing. 
back in uh remaining sense of pain yes yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh yes yes so the uh, the other bit of this is that uh, they talk about the idea that you can only kill one person right Nasu, the, 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 the idea here is that by committing the act of murder, you, your life as a human ends and you enter into something else. This is, this is what Shiki means by you can only kill one person. This is what Toko means. Yes. And you become something other than human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, it's interesting. Very like Nasu uh, ethical rules, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. that that bit kind of this this bit kind of works for me. This is where it works for me. I love where it goes at the end. <laughs> it's really incredible. But yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, and then Toko is like a bloodthirsty killer. I forget what the what the Japanese term being used is. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I wonder what the what what the like definitional like bits of all of these different words that they're translating i feel i wonder how much of it's being like lost in translation you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah it definitely feels like uh they were trying very hard to capture something very specific yeah yeah like the murderer slaughter distinction works but bloodthirsty killer isn't really a term yeah. aside it's not like a specific term it's a general term for yeah, right, in america yeah. right it's not something you would yeah, you wouldn't say, oh, we named them Bloodthirsty Killer. Uh-huh. Or you might say they're the Bloodthirsty Killer, but you wouldn't be like, this falls into the category of Bloodthirsty yeah, Killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? She says that uh, a Bloodthirsty Killer is more of a natural disaster than a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. Mikia thinks back to the first time Shiki told him about the you can only kill one person rule. And that she told him that it was her grandfather's last words. He says that she's been trying to live by it all this time to save her murder for something special or for herself Mm -hmm. uh, to die as a human. You know what I mean? Uh, But she's trying to uh, get away from that now and just embrace killing. He leaves to go find Shiki. Toko says goodbye and says, if fate allows it, I'll see you tomorrow. I wonder what she means. (laughs) She lights a cigarette and, like, smokes in front of her clock tower photo for a little while until Azuka comes in looking for Mikia. She can't get a hold of him. She's okay. mad about it. Real quick. I said that as a joke. Uh, it does feel like uh, what she means is if you're alive tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then now, in or in about 30 seconds, it means uh, if I haven't decided to pick up and leave tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. She, Azuka's like, I need you to help me get Mikia to cut ties with Shiki. And uh, Toko's like, cut ties. That sounds really nice. I'm going to uh-huh. start packing up my office. Will yeah. you help me? <laughs> well, she says, oh, I've been here for a while. I guess it was like kind of pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, this she, isn't she, like me. Yeah, yeah. She like chides herself for like putting down roots. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's only been here, what, like a year? Mm-hmm. I mean, she died Two once years? during that that period. I guess. Well, it was a year pre-coma, and then it's a year post-coma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, well, probably around a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although I guess, no, Mikio would have met her during her exhibition. 
Mm-hmm. So during her first exhibition, there's I think there's two. Okay, yeah, but th- that was while Shiki was in the coma. In a coma, yeah, yeah. Um, it it is at least like a year and a half mm-hmm. or two. Two questions. One, do you think that uh, Tuko, the second Toko who died, would have stayed since she seemed slightly softer? Hmm. Uh, and question two, if she still ha- if she decided to leave anyway, what do you think she would have done with extra Toko? <laughs> with an OG Toko. Oh, right. And yeah. Her, uh, second car. Do you think that there's just another Toko living in every city that she has spent any significant time in? <laughs> That would be incredible. There are just like eight Tokos in the world living Toko's life. If anyone was going to have pulled something like that, it would be Toko, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But I think she's only doing one at a time. I think she's only doing one at a time. Yeah, that makes sense. See, she usually gets murdered (laughs) in a city (laughs) and then wakes up in a different city and just does her bullshit to whoever's around (laughs) until she gets killed there and wakes up in another (laughs) city. Just picking it right up. Yep. So. Right, yeah. Uh uh Azaka's like, are you going somewhere? And she's like, sort of. What does that mean, Toko? That's a yes or no question. I forget, do we see her again? Not in this movie. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Still, what a character. Toko? Azaki Toko? She looked great in every single scene she was in. Yep. The best there is. Unfair to other women. (laughs) How hot she is. Unfair to me. (laughs) Now, back to the plot. Shiki arrives at a another one of those like Nasu abandoned harbors full of shipping containers and no people. And she finds Okay. She finds a warehouse filled with weed. Yep. This warehouse, it's so funny. This place is it's run majestic. Down. It's run down and full of holes, so anyone walking by could easily peek in and see infinite weed. It's not infinite, Ben. It <laughs> and, only fills the available space. And is this it's shot like a horror movie opening a, a like door and seeing a basement full of corpses. It's like so scary music and like like grim close-ups of leaves of weed <laughs> it's she it's will... indescribable the vibe it's putting out it's so weird this is like for this, weed this movie is more afraid of marijuana than reefer madness was <laughs> yes this is my main takeaway of watching reefer madness is that K and K seven thinks weed is worse and scarier than that movie did in the thirties. Well, to be fair, Ben, this is special weed. This is ten times as strong super weed. You know what I mean? It's weed that your body can't break down, which I believe it's is the process by which, like, breaking down uh, drugs is how you you get them into your bloodstream. Yeah. yeah. So if you can't break it down, it would just pass through you, and it wouldn't have any effect. It's super weed. Um, (laughs) Shiki walks through this field of weed for a bit, and then Ryo starts doing his froggy mode bullshit, bouncing around the room again. Uh, They fight amongst the weed for a few minutes, 
there is a shot that is like reminiscent of the cops going through the grass. I absolutely thought they were raiding a marijuana plant or something like that in uh, that shot. Wait, like when they found the first body yeah. at the beginning uh-huh. of this movie. Um, there's also a bit in the the weed fight where the weed fight <laughs> where they do that thing that you see in a lot of like samurai media where you slice like cleanly through the tall grass and then there's like a little gap and then it like all like falls apart uh-huh. but they do it with marijuana <laughs> instead of grass <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen yeah yeah. Anyway, uh, they decide that it's getting too hard to animate all this weed moving around, so they move <laughs> into a different room. Uh, let's see. They continue fighting. Shiki has another opportunity to kill Ryo straight out and decides not to. Uh, he pushes her away and starts to like jog back towards the weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Change venues again, but she throws down her knife, which is stupid to do, uh, and yells Mikia's name. Uh, because she can't do it because Mika's voice is like playing in her head saying, I'll never forgive you. I'll never forgive you. You know, dumb motherfucker. God, what a thing to say to girl's head. Uh, It's like the worst possible thing he could have said to her. Yes. Uh, so she's like, oh, he's going to kill me now. Uh, and that's fine because I would rather be dead than have Mika hate me. You know what I mean? It's basically her thought process here. Rio approaches and whacks her in the head. And then we get another flashback. This is a flashback to the uh, past and to talking about what uppercase Shiki's dream was and uh, what both of their dream was. Mm-hmm. See, like many Nasu uh, protagonists, Shiki wants nothing more than to be normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she wants a normal life. Both of them did. Her and uppercase Shiki. Uppercase Shiki is so romantic. What? Uppercase Shiki is very romantic. Yeah, this scene's incredible. So, Mikia represented to both of them uh, an ordinary life Mm -hmm. that they could never have. And so, we finally get Uppercase Shiki's last words. He opines about how Mikia's presence is unbearably painful to him because it shows him the life that he can never have with Mikia. And so... In order to free himself from that pain, he wanted to kill Mikia. Mm-hmm. But they care about the two of them, and uppercase Shiki, care about Mikia so much that he can't do it. He just can't murder Mikia. He would never be able to actually do it. So he has to disappear instead. Mm-hmm. Only one can stay. And then he jumps in front of the car. Yeah. And then it uh, changes to lowercase Shiki's dialogue as she says that. Uh, he never actually got out his last words to Mikia before he died. And uh, she's like, it's kind of sad, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, it is kind of sad, isn't it? Thank you. I could never kill you. Are such romantic last words? <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Then we do get the shot of him flying into the air again. <laughs> again, they should have cut sooner, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's... <sighs> anyway. That's There's a like a scene. big build up to it this time too. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a fantastic scene aside from that being kind of unintentionally funny. Yes. And now it's going to lead into something that sucks. Shiki is still alive. Wait, she- is that also the bit where she says I am the dream that Shiki dreams? I think 
I noted that down. So I think it comes up in a second. Or oh, okay. But yes, that is also a great line. Uh, right. Shiki wakes up, still in the warehouse. Her hands are cuffed, and she's like, oh, I'm still alive, which is a good response to being alive. Uh, Wait, when is the grandpa scene? She gives a little monologue about Shiki dying so that uh, his dream can live on. Yes, yes. Um. Oh, yeah, and she's like, being in love with Mikia is the second emotion uppercase Shiki ever had. Yeah. <laughs> After desire to murder. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Yes. There's where she, we get that line. She says that okay. she wish, wants Mikia to remember Shiki and that she is uh, Shiki's dream of a normal life. Mm-hmm. She's the dream continued. Mikia is driving to the warehouse. Uh, he's going to be a bit late, unfortunately. Now we get the grandpa. Okay. Another flashback. Lots of flashbacks in this. Baby Shiki is so cute. <laughs> She's tiny. This is very good. <laughs> the way that uh, they do little little baby creatures in this is very adorable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is Fujino too. I was reminded of how adorable she is while she's uh, throwing a knife at her teddy bear <laughs> from the remix movie. <laughs> I'm so happy that they kept... They did not keep uh, Shiki putting on blood lipstick. No. But they did keep that teddy bear getting impaled in the heart <laughs> with a little knife and falling over. Um, We see Shiki's older brother for the first time. Mm-hmm. He's just like yeah. a normal looking dude who kind of like Let's looks at her bitterly and then closes himself up. Yep. He's normal. She's the baby. Thing. Yeah, he's Ooh, jealous of that like baby. That. Little shithead. She's so confused. She's being, like, led by big men to a strange room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she's being brought to her grandfather, who's the current head of household. Uh, he looks like a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he talks to her about death and killing in a way that I don't think her little baby brain is fully grokking. And he says the, you can only kill one person line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The bit. If you kill someone, your life as a human being ends, you become something else. And he's like, I'm no good. I killed lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> and so he says that there will no be no one to watch over him when he dies. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can't die as a human being and no no one will really care about you then, you know. He tells her goodbye and uh, that he wishes her to have a peaceful death someday. Uh, I hope you have a peaceful death. Uh- is such a funny thing to say to your six-year-old granddaughter yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's like it makes sense because it's like he's miserable because of all the murders that he did yeah it's like you are like me and i don't want you to be like that but it's also very funny and then she's just like grandpa grandpa did you go to sleep uh-huh. Uh-huh. then it cuts two the worst and longest rape scene in Type Moon to date. How does this man have so much saliva? I, yeah, you know how was how was your watch of this? Because I saw this first in a group watch. Oh my god! Someone was—I forget who said it—but someone was like, "It's about to get real wet for for a while." If anyone's got a problem with that, <laughs> like right when it was about to start. Uh. <laughs> this sucks. 
Uh, I I was I was DMing Marin, uh-huh. uh huh, like right after uppercase Shiki died. I like paused the movie to complain about some stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Marin was like, "Did you finish the movie?" And I was like, "No, Shiki just died." Mm-hmm. And Marin was like, "Oh, okay. I'm not gonna." You're you're in for it, uh huh. And I was like, "Okay, sure." And then I like I kept watching the movie and the uh the two things that i had to say were dog what the fuck was that about and why was it like that with like nine question mark (laughs) this is like far and away the porniest like horniest scene in kank to date Mm -hmm. which we've already complained about this a little bit about how it's like leering in a way that it doesn't have to be it is not an aroge it doesn't it wasn't an aroge to begin with either it doesn't need to be like this Mm mm-hmm but also, it's just like weird about it. It's very weird. And why? You know, why is it like that? It's not. It's, it's not, not normal. normal. Do it. No. Okay. Like I, I don't know if I want it to be normal. No, it would have been bad if it was normal too. But like this feels like, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I, I wasn't going to, to like the content, but like. It does I'm uncomfortable. Feel out of an HOVA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about what happens. <laughs> First of all, uh, Rio smokes some weed and his eyes get all like red. You know what I mean? Not evil red, but like high red, which is very funny. Um, in this like movie, this. that is the same thing. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but I mean, they're not like glowing red arcweed eyes. You know what I mean? They're just yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're just like uh, bloodshot. His tongue is so long and disgusting. He does so many things with it. Okay. So he basically uh, drools sexily all over Shiki yeah. for like 10 minutes. It feels it's like. so he long. has literally like a gallon of saliva that he just dumps and all over her. The, the thing at this is. She's soaked. It's shot and animated like cum. Yes. Absolutely. Uh-huh. He, yes. This is the grossest part. Is like someone someone was like, so we need to have a scene where Rio comes all over Shiki, right? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, well, can we like make it a, can we do something to make it a little plausibly deniable? Because that's gonna be kind of hard to like get. You know what I mean? And they're like, okay, what if it's just ropey cum like drool? It's fucking disgusting. Yep. It just keeps coming uh, out of him. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he does a bunch of that. Uh, there's some, like, hilariously gratuitous boob jiggle on her breasts when he's sucking on them, even though she's, like, wearing a fucking kimono with a liner. Fully clothed. He doesn't, uh-huh. like... Fully clothed. But suddenly her clothes are, like, painted on. Yep. It's it's really bad. It's, like... There's been a lot of really rough rape scenes in Type Moon stuff. Maybe not a lot, but a few, right? Yeah. This is the this is the worst I've seen. This is the most uncomfortable I've seen. Yes. Yeah, this 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 was hard to watch. Uh-huh. It's like they're all my complaint with a, a lot of the like rape scenes in Type Moon stuff is that they're at once trying to be horrible and salacious, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's in a rogue, uh, and maybe that's the wrong genre to be doing a story where you're trying to talk about sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like doing this mixed metaphor thing, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. kind of like lowers it, lo- like drags it all down. In here, 
they don't need to do this. It's all gratuitous. Yeah. There isn't anything. It's not even like Fujino where it's like sexual assault is part of her story. Where I do still think that Fujino's story could be basically identical if it wasn't sexual assault, if it was just regular assault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, unlike, I, I would not make that argument about all of the uh, characters in Type Moon who've been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. here, this is completely like superfluous and pointless. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just her thinking about how Mikia uh, made her weak and is the reason this is happening to her. Uh, I think if I wanted to be really cynical about it, I would argue that this is here to further emphasize the contrast between the good chasteness that the Mm. real romance has. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That doesn't, like, explain why it's like this. Yeah, I don't... But I think the, like, sexual threat that he presents is, is like that on purpose. I do think it's like kind of bizarre given like where where Type Moon has come from and gone that uh, the their Shiki and Mikia's like relationship is so sexless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily the the like read I would fully take, but it is. If if I was being cynical, my read would be like this is underlining how much Shiki is a woman who is vulnerable to sexual threats. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean. That's where I, I think- would go with it. There's also an element of, like, how much of this is introduced in the adaptation, right? Yes. That's an interesting question. I'm I, I'm sure this happens. Uh, does it happen like this? Does and does it get like focused this? on in the same right. way that it's being focused on here? I'm not 100% certain. I wouldn't put it past Nasu. But by lovingly animating it, yeah, the you are doing something. Yes. You can write something like this very quickly, and it's gross. Mm-hmm. Animating it is a lot of work. This is the thing also with a lot of the fight scenes in this series Mm -hmm. that are like, at least the ones that I read Mm -hmm. when I was still reading the books uh, alongside the movies are short Mm -hmm. and like brutal. Yes. And but what UFO table is good at is fighting. fighting. And so like, oh, yeah, all of the fight scenes become lovingly animated Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a way to like make something visually interesting yeah and so yeah i would i would bet almost anything that this is also a like oh yeah there was you know a couple of lines about something gross happening Mm -hmm. but even it yeah then when you take those and make it a 30 second scene or whatever it It becomes so long it keeps cutting and coming back to it too yeah yeah anyway Ryo uh, bites Shigi's throat uh, and then stops bef- before tearing her throat out. And he's like, I want you to be evil with me, et cetera, et cetera. Mikia finally manages to break in. This has been interspersed with scenes of Mikia comically failing to get into the warehouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trying the door handle and it doesn't work and just kind of being baffled for a minute. I'm going to go out on a limb and uh, plant a flag right here. This movie could be one hour long and be fine. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Maybe an All hour of the 20. drug shit with Mikia in the first half could be gone. Most of Mikia's shit in the warehouse could be gone. And it's the same movie. <sighs> okay. 
Rio goes to fi- to confront the intruder and says, I'm going to get rid of what's holding you back soon to Shiki, who doesn't seem to realize that that means Mikia is here. Because she acts like it's a surprise later. Yeah. You know, she was I mean, thinking about it like two minutes know, ago. She's not listening. She's distracted. I would be. I would be very, I, I would be be, like, have a hard time focusing on anything. No. Can't blame her. Rio uh, appears and knocks Mikia out, like, in one hit, which is, this is back to Mikia being completely, like, unlike other type moon protagonists, Mikia can't fight for shit. Yeah. Which is very uh-huh. funny every time. <laughs> hey, that he, other guy died when he got punched. He yeah. is quite literally just a normal guy. <laughs> he can take a lot of head trauma. That's his special <laughs> skill. <laughs> the scene in movie five. Where he gets hit against the wall on his head like forty times. Yeah. I li- yeah. Not only lives, wakes up like twenty minutes later. Uh-huh. And is fine. Fine's probably stretched, but he does not appear to have like a concussion, you know? He has completely forgot any and all times that Shiki was even close to murdering anyone. He's <laughs> like, oh yeah. He didn't see Soren get killed, so it didn't count. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Ryo knocks Miki out, and then for some reason, Shiki gets really hot and all the drool evaporates. Yeah. While she, like, monologues about wanting to go home. <laughs> Which, uh-huh. yeah. I would also be like, damn, I want to go home <laughs> if I was in this situation. I'm not really sure why they, like, magically evaporate the drool. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It is also... Yeah, it is also one, not to dwell on this too much, yep. but just one more thing about that scene where she's getting drooled all over. She is drawn as like, oh, yes, this is a woman who is horny. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like, you Presumably know, it's gasping for breath and like chest heaving. And mm-hmm. they like frame it as her thinking about Mikia. But like, that's still weird. It's still weird. You're yeah. doing this so weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even when she wakes up before anything's happening, she's like panting. You know what yeah. I mean? <sighs> anyway. Mikia wakes up and Ryo starts rambling about how if maybe Mikia was the guy he attacked that punched that night, <laughs> then uh, he wouldn't have died in one hit and Ryo wouldn't have become a murderer and all that stuff. And he's like, Mikia, what if you became a sicko freak too? That would be a solution to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Mikia... <laughs> going back to the reefer madness thing it's like the drugs didn't actually do cause any of the murders <laughs> you know what i mean uh-huh. your, dr- your magic murder drugs didn't do anything uh yeah so this is where rio explains the me- the nonsense mechanics through which soren's superweed works uh and how it's like a compounding high yeah or whatever until it makes you insane and you kill people mm-hmm. um and additionally Remember Blood Chip, which was mentioned once? How could I ever forget Mikia's <laughs> lips in blood loving detail chip. animated saying the words Blood Chip? He, it's soaked in Rio's blood. Surprise! Mm. Which I guess makes you crazier. Uh, it kills people mostly. Um, He... he Okay, I have not seen evidence of a single person who's turned into a serial killer because of this drug. And Miki says as much, right? Yes. And he says most of the people who took blood chip died, but anyone who survives becomes a serial killer. 
I don't understand how these two things can like can reconcile. Anyway, he uh, threatens Mikia with Shiki's knife so that Mikia knows that Shiki's in peril and then stabs Mikia in the leg a little bit. Mm. Uh, then <laughs> Ryo eats a little bit of weed and then uses his weird tongue to force it down uh, Mikia's throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, like, sexualized uh, assault moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was like, Earlier, I was like, Nasi wouldn't write a, a male character getting sexually assaulted. <laughs> And then yeah, it happens like three minutes later. So I guess if I had the it's if, not the same, obviously, but if I had a dollar for every time Nasu has had a character kiss someone to force something down their throat, uh, I would have two dollars, which is a shocking number of dollars to have. <laughs> honestly, I feel like um. The weird vibes around Rio's gender stuff are mostly avoided by the fact that he's just like, we're just not like really talking about it in the movie yeah. and he's not actually in the movie that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's I- another thing where I I wonder what that's like in the book, if it's like in the book more. I bet you it's kind of rancid. I, I got that vibe too. I was like, they're shooting. Okay, they've spent so much time highlighting how Shiki, despite her androgynous look, is feminine, and then they do Rio doing similar stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- this whole th- the kiss yes. thing being so like predatory and like weird um, is mm-hmm. just kind of like the last little last little bow on the yeah. whole. Like, oh, he's a man wearing woman's clothes, and it's like. It's not even I expect Nasu to think about that more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Just it's, it's weird. How there's it's not like, enough here, right? Yeah, it's weird how it's like it's not women's clothes. It's just a regular like un, like unisex kimono look. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the way that they shoot it because of how they've shot Shiki is very he's clear. emulating Shiki, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. This is possibly the dumbest part of the movie, is when uh, Ryo tells Mikia that he has now consumed 10 times X super weed, Mm -hmm. and it's going to kill him. And the only way he can become immune to it is by taking bigger, stronger drugs, (laughs) which will uh, somehow save his life. And turn him into a sicko. They'll turn him into a sicko, and as we all know here, sickos can process drugs like no one else. Uh, it's incredible yeah. when Mikia refuses to do this because the way it has been translated in my version of these subs, he says it doesn't sound like fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, is phrasing, what he said. that is what he says. Okay, cool. That phrasing makes it sound like he's already like mega high. <laughs> it doesn't seem fun, I think. Is, yeah. Well, he is mega high from the 10 times X super weed. <laughs> he just took it like 10 seconds ago. But it's ten times as effective, so it happens ten times faster. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. So the part that I like is the idea that of tempting Mikia with the with like again, this, going back to Yumizuka, mm-hmm. the being like, okay, what if I stepped over the line to be with the person I love since mm-hmm. they can't join me on the human side? Mm-hmm. This is the stupidest way to, possible to go about it, but it's like an interesting idea. Well. Yeah, it is interesting that Rio 
thinks Shiki is on the human side. Yes. And Shiki thinks of herself as being on mm -hmm. the other side. Yes. Um, and Mikia also thinks she's on the human side. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Mikia says no to drugs. He wimp weakly throws <laughs> the tab of LSD, <laughs> the blood chip <laughs> away. And yeah, Rio's like, don't you want to be special? And Mikia's like, I just want to be a normal guy. And Rio's like, I think you're a freak, but <laughs> whether or not you take this, I think you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> this I love that they shoot Rio, like, leaning over to, like, struggle to pick up the tablet off the ground. <laughs> um, This is the thing, is that, like, yes, uh... Mikia is relatively normal. He's also incredibly weird. Yes. Yes. He hangs around with Shiki and is like, oh yeah, it's fine if you want to kill me. And like, that's not normal, my no. dude. Yeah. It's because like I don't think he thinks he's a particularly normal person either, but he's like, if if the alternative is to become like you, who seems miserable, <laughs> I would rather be normal. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, so Mikia uses his last moments here to call Ryo a coward who isn't an e who can't take responsibility for his own actions and doesn't deserve to be considered in the same category of murderer as Shiki. Mm -hmm. He hates this and then stabs Mikia in the eye. And he like slashes his eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even stab him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's framed like obviously he's not dead, but also he did get like hit in the face with a knife so you know maybe maybe he's this anime makes dead. the later notion that rio thought he was dead completely outrageous okay in rio's defense mikia is stabbed in the face and high on super weed that will kill him so there's two I reasons he, took he should the be super dead weed. Yeah. i mean then i don't think the super weed was gonna kill him rio thinks that it would I guess just that's another true, huge L for like, Rio, just the stupidest moron of all time. This is this is the this is true about Rio. No threat, not dangerous, just a just a dumb idiot. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that that's done, I generally like the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Generally, some it comes and goes, but most of it's good. Yeah, I agree. Ryo returns to the room he left Shiki in. Shiki has bit off her thumb at the base in order to wiggle out of her handcuffs. She's so cool. Now, it was her doll hand, but uh, I think she can still yeah. feel that. Uh-huh. And also, she might not be able to fix it, because it sounds like Toko's did, leaving. Did we say, oh, I didn't look no, to see she if she has a thumb in the epilogue. She I does checked. have a thumb. Okay. 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 I did not check. Uh... That's a thing that uh, it could have been a thing, but they probably just like, uh, we're not going to worry about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe she could just reattach it. I mean, Toko's probably leaving like next week, not. Toko <laughs> left another another arm upgrade for her on the desk. Yeah. Uh, Ryo is like, that's pretty fucking sick, babe. And he's right about that. It was pretty uh -huh. sick. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay, let's do this. And she's like, no, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go. Uh, this time I'm not going to let you knock me out and do whatever. I'm just going to leave. And Ryo's like, well, I killed Mikia, so you got nowhere to go. Shiki's reaction is rough. Yeah. It is quite literally the death of her dream. <laughs> yeah, her like little, she like stops and like looks at the knife he's holding and she says, oh, so you died like Ooh. under her breath. And it's a really sad way of like, like coming to terms with that. Mm hmm. 
We know he's not dead, but in the moment it's good. Yeah. He throws uh the Rio throws the knife towards her. She picks it up and like cradles it to her, her chest for a bit. Uh Rio starts rambling. Uh it it very literally just like fades out his rambling mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for Shiki's monologue. Uh It's really good. Shiki's monologue guy. is good. Uh she's like uh, she's furious at him. She's like, this is the stupidest fucking way for you to die. And of course it's how you died. Uh-huh. Like, it's the most fitting way for you to go out. And I'm mad about it. And she's like, well, you said you would never forgive me for killing Rio. Well, I'm not ex- going to forgive Rio for killing you. <laughs> she says, let's do this. And then let's Rio beat the shit out of her for another couple minutes. Just for effect, I guess. Well, he like he has vampire claws now. Yeah, and he's like bouncing around the room again, or like you know beast claws. Yeah, it's um, it's very much the way that Tsukihime vampires yeah. fight, though. Um, yeah, we didn't see this. This wasn't like on screen, right? But uh, she remembers a time that he was like, "Oh, we could live together." Oh yeah, she like and that's like all I ever wanted. Yeah, there's Someone a highlight say that to Nikia. me. Yeah, which is really cute. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get like an orchestral song. Shiki starts crying. She thanks Shiki or Mikia for everything and apologizes for what she's about to do. Uh, and then she dismantles Rio, uh, effortlessly in like slow yep. motion. Uh-huh. And, uh, he doesn't get another line. He's just dead. Mm-hmm. No, like, Soren, like, deathbed, like, oh... Actually, I feel bad for what I did, or actually, I had a purpose. You know what I mean? I have dignity. He's just, he's just like a pile of body parts after this. Mm-hmm. That's fucking right. Mm-hmm. She then falls to the ground in shock after having actually committed a murder, and she watches snow fall in through the holes in the roof of the warehouse, or, or falling through the windows, I think. Uh, she says something about how she's uh, a mess, so she couldn't go home anyway, or she would get scolded. But also she scolded she for been... being covered in mud. Yeah, she was the mud all burned off because of her weird hot flash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And she like talks about Mikia waiting for her at home. Mm. Mikia's a housewife. Mikia is is a housewife. Yes. However, he's not a dead housewife because the eye is not a vital <laughs> organ. And the super weed doesn't seem to have affected him much either. You know what? Slowed what down if... his blood loss. Okay, I have a theory. Mikia taking the cocktail drugs gave him a little bit of resistance and allowed him to survive the super weed. But apparently, Rio, you, ben, you can't develop a resistance to the super weed. It's impossible. <laughs> okay. How does he sell any of these drugs, though? It's too addictive. It's it's the perfect drug. <laughs> okay, okay. Mikia, uh, I, at first I was like, wow, Mikia is really dragging himself. And I was like, oh, right, he's stabbed in the leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he, like, he makes it up the stairs. Does. I do then, like, like this bit. And then he doesn't have the stair railing to hang on to anymore. And he just, like, falls over. Yeah, and has to drag yeah. himself the rest of the way. It's 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 a very long scene, but uh-huh. I feel like... I feel like here uh, the like oh, like longness of it is more justified than some of the other scenes there in this movie. I think yeah. Well, right. We didn't say it. The phone conversation between Shiki and Mikia, mm-hmm. where they're in each other's apartments. Um, 
I love there are so many pauses of just like silence of the mm-hmm. two of them sitting there, like not knowing what to say. Yeah. That's fight. great. There are and then there are the handful of like inexplicably why is this fight scene in slow motion? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. it's slow motion when she cuts up Rio too, right? Probably. I think so. That makes sense, I guess. But yeah, I yes, it it. I was thinking at this point, like, oh yes, this is like laborious in the way that Mikia is mm-hmm. is uh having trouble getting himself to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a good use of uh cinematic time, you know. Mm-hmm. He drags himself to Shiki, and Shiki wakes up and looks at him. There's a great, like, a delivery of him being like, oh, God, you're alive. Okay. You know? Because mm-hmm. he also yeah. didn't know that she was alive, necessarily. She's just oh. laying there. Right. There's there's a detail that gets repeated here that was earlier. I think when Shiki found out that um, Mikio was, quote-unquote, dead, where her eyes tear up, mm-hmm. and then like start overflowing and then it cuts to the ground and a drop of blood falls mm-hmm. from her thumb mm-hmm. um i think the same thing happens here where like it looks like miki is crying over shiki uh-huh. but then a drop of blood falls on her cheek uh-huh uh-huh from yeah, where yeah. he got slashed she does ask if he's crying yeah yeah because uh-huh. he's got this whole thing we learned in k and k seven or six is that he doesn't cry unless it's really big mm-hmm. um she confesses that she murdered Rio and looks over at the corpse and she's like, well, I've got, I guess I've lost everything now. He reminds her of his promise from remaining sense of pain to carry her sins for her since she's not capable of it and says that he's going to stay by her side for her entire life, regardless of whether or not she's a murderer. Good conclusion mm-hmm. to take this to. Uh, you didn't write down that he says that he'll kill her. <laughs> I think he means this metaphorically, but... Yes. Uh, the the way that they're talking about you uh, killing yourself i think means to is like tied to dying as a human being yes you know what i mean well yes that is what her grandpa was saying yes is like mm-hmm. you need to save the one person you're going to kill so you can do it like as you die yes uh-huh um yes yeah. so i believe that's what he means yeah, yeah he says i'll kill you say. so you'll never be alone For, yeah. there was like a split second where i was like is he going to start strangling her to death for her crimes? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, yeah. And, like, this is also Mikia. Mikia apologizes. He's like, yeah, I was, that was dumb. That was I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have, like, tried to force my morality onto yeah. you. Because I know yeah. that it was never going to work. There is also a bit when he's climbing the stairs where he he finally clarifies why he's been so insistent about this. He says... I don't want you to kill Rio because I don't want you to have to suffer through killing someone. Mm-hmm. Which is much more interesting than murder is always bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, it, it makes sense. She's pretty torn up about all of this. Mm-hmm. Even though she says she's not. Yeah. Classic Nazi woman behavior. I... Watching... It's going to be so fun to get to K&K uh or wow sorry mahoyo um because there was a interview that was posted in our discord a while ago about nasu right like interviewing about mahoyo saying uh i've written a lot of strong women and by strong i mean emotion or like physically strong but emotionally still weak 
mm-hmm. and uh, talking about how he like has realized this and was trying to fix it for Mahoya. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, he was trying mm-hmm. to be like progressive, but yeah. uh, ends up like falling into another kind of uh, like sexism where it's like, oh, this emotionally developed man needs to be the crutch on which this impossibly powerful woman like rests. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and how that is its own kind of fucked, especially when you keep doing it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's interesting to hear him say, I recognize that this is a problem that I have and I'm, I'm trying to like work my way through this. Yeah. Yeah. It it's is really interesting. Yeah. And how women are still like leaps and bounds better than, than like most shonen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. But, uh, they're people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh huh. So he's like, I did tell you that murder is bad, though, and you shouldn't have done it. And he's, like, being very gentle and, like, kind of, like, jokey in this moment. And he's like, I'm not going to forgive you even if you cry. And she's, like, pouts and then starts crying. Oh. Uh-huh. They nearly kiss. I wouldn't want to kiss someone after that just happened to me either, honestly. It's been a rough afternoon, guys. Like, uh, Rio's guts are spilled all over the floor, like, three <laughs> feet away. It is very funny just how far... Rio ended up from Shiki because she is like spread out on the floor and then 10 feet away is Rio's corpse in a corner. His own momentum carried him across the room. So they hug. He says he's never going to let her go. She smiles and we get February 1999. The day timestamp. Then credits. Credits roll. Mm Mm-hmm. It's fun that this happens all before to the 2000 split for Tsukihime taking place after 2000. Mm-hmm. New millennium and all that. Mm-hmm. After the and credits. <laughs> after the credits. Shiki sees Mikia being discharged from the hospital in spring. Uh, he has the funniest possible way of dealing with the what fact the that he has one eye. This? It's the funniest possible thing he could have done which is grow out one side of his bangs but otherwise keep his hair the same length it's what so funny doing? <laughs> he is in a emo band in the 90s or the early 2000s he looks Just, great honestly he is in a band that i listened to in high school i hate it it's so funny wear an eye patch man he probably is under there or something it's probably still bandaged but all we see is the fucking. <sighs> anyway, there are shots when he's shot from the side. It doesn't look as bad as when he's shot from the front. It just looks so weird. It looks very weird. It's I laughed really hard. Um. Anyway, he get meets up with Shiki and he's like, after all that. You didn't visit me in the hospital once, which is a really funny thing it's for her so to do. so funny. She's the best. And she's like, well, Azuka <laughs> yelled at me and said I shouldn't go visit. And, you know, I Azuka said that she'd Asuka. kill me. <laughs> I don't want to die, so. But I'm so glad that after all of that, Shiki's still making jokes about murder. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I don't think that Asuka was joking. <laughs> well, Shiki is joking about it. You know what I mean? Asuka could not kill Shiki. Sure. Um. Right. So yeah, he's like, yeah, I lost an eye. They they couldn't do anything about it. It was like slit in half. So. And then he mentions a girl that we've never heard of before, who could see the future, whose name was Shizune. 
Uh, and he's who told him at some point that he would face disaster if he stayed with Shiki, and this must be that disaster, which is optimistic. Mm-hmm. Okay, I assumed I had just forgotten some interaction. No, I wonder. She sounds like a like a uh, Seo from uh, Plus yes. Disc kind of proto character. You know what I mean? Another um, feature site character who also got a cameo in K and K Six. Um. Anyway. Mikia is acting a lot bolder now. <laughs> he starts leaning yeah. on Shiki and he's like, oh, I don't have a crutch. Will you will you carry me? Will you help me stand? I'm, my leg is so weak and I'm just a little guy. Uh, she blushes at this and says that she has school, so she can't just carry him around all over the place. And he's like, you should skip school. And she yells at him. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> And he's like, well, I've been in love with you for a long time, so I think I can be a little selfish. And then he's like, oh, right, you hate it when I say romantic shit. And she gets all pouty and blushy and is like, well, not right now, I don't. Uh, and then they hold hands and walk off into the cherry blossoms together in the suck of a good end. Yeah. <laughs> Shiki's final monologue tells us that this is the end of her story and that she's going to live her life accepting both her current and past selves. And then uh, we, the movie just turns off because credits already played. Yep. No, no next time on. Yeah. Because so. Now I don't want to call Shiki a liar, but my downloads folder has three more video files in it. We have an epilogue that it, that comes next. Yep. That's real. That's that's not something that was written later. That just comes next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is very funny. Oh, or, wait, one sec. I am curious. I suppose it is in keeping with uh, like Nasu works being like, ah, yes, the time that stuff happened when we were teenagers that defined our whole lives. And then that story is over. So our story is over. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for them. Uh-huh. Um, the problem with life is that it keeps happening to you. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> oh okay so epilogue was two years later okay so epilogue is later in the in animated two years later Uh, books i think it was also later but not that much later interesting interesting um one sec well we're covering that next let me look at when the yeah i would call this movie Um, like the epitome of up and downs (laughs) yeah i agree okay okay I feel like most of the K&K movies up to this point okay. have been like, no. okay, this one's pretty good. Maybe it has some rough patches. Or this one sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one's been like, just breakneck, like, ricocheting back and forth, like Rio bouncing around the room between, like, interesting stuff and just, like, the most dog shit nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um... I can't... I, are we rating the episodes today, or are we gonna do it with the epilogue? No, with the epilogue. Okay, okay. Good, but I can't. I don't think I can say that I liked this less than K and K six. No, no, good. no. This has like it has, good it has some, stuff. Like, more rock bottom like grossness. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but, but there's also stuff. It in has it. content. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Looks like the light novel or the epilogue was released with six and seven. Oh, okay. So we're we're on track with it being next yeah. before we start doing more melty blood stuff again. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. What does everyone? What does? What does everyone think after that? 
I watched it twice. Fen, you kind of half watched it once and then watched it. I barely watched it the first time. I really only watched it once. Uh-huh. Um, Ina, yeah. you watched it three or four times, I assume? <laughs> I watched it one time. Uh, I enjoyed this one a whole lot. Yeah. I, I, I was at the watch party, so I got the vibe that everyone was pretty down on it. I was pretty and then down I, on it during the watch party. And then I watched it and was like, this is pretty good. I don't know what everyone's talking about. Just the parts. Okay. Every single p- time they started talking about drugs was the most it's, miserable experience. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, I think I was dragged through by, yeah, there's like good fun thematic stuff yeah. around like, what is murder and what is it is shiki human mm-hmm. what are her desires mm-hmm. some great shiki uh mikia romance yeah. yeah i do think that that there, there's a problem that i have with with uh more broadly which is shiki getting more feminine over time mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. which never really goes away you mm-hmm. know she's at her girliest at the end you know what I mean? Aside from, okay, uppercase Shiki doesn't count because he's very girly and I think it's yes. very special and precious of him. But <laughs> I was about to say, Shiki. he's, yeah, Shiki is at their girliest when they are uppercase Shiki. But yes, she she gets portrayed as more feminine, more like, uh, the, the, we, we get more leering shots of her figure, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? We get, um a lot of her blushing which is all cute stuff i can't say it's not cute but it's also very like uh the androgyny is being like rubbed away mm-hmm. you know to reveal the girl that she is just like yeah, a lot of it is like much more anime cuteness yeah mm-hmm. uh i do like that her being a shithead never goes away though that's important. yeah that's critical yeah. to shiki for me yeah she's still she's, shiki she's still shiki she's still an asshole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm um yeah so i'm interested to see where the epilogue goes and then we'll close the book on uh Kanke for a while yeah. yeah yeah i think um a lot of where i get like tripped up on the movie was like the act of watching it like <laughs> like then you said you were you you were dragged through by the the good qualities and i feel like that's a good word for it i often felt like i was being dragged through this movie like i was mostly just bored a lot of the time um Mm. and then it was like 50 50 on whether i was having a good time or like being annoyed by what i was watching and on top of that i feel like this just has like the worst like editing of like maybe any of these um Mm. between like the length and the weird pacing and the weird like slow motion bits and the 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 Mikia like in memoriam uh PowerPoint slide at the end I felt was like Yeah it's kinda like, kinda rough, especially in the wake of them also doing that in the fifth movie and doing it I wouldn't say well in that one either, but better. Um Yeah. Just like a lot of little stuff like that, but that is stuff also that mostly fades in my memory away from the movie. Um so I think at the end of it, I think it's in my my top half, but like pretty in the middle of the pack for these. Kanke is such a like b- variety of experiences through its whole thing. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like movie five is just almost as long as this, right? But I think it does a yeah. lot more with its time. 
that I think is interesting. Uh, or it's it's more entertaining to watch. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way it's shot is like more interesting than uh, than it's a, a lot very of this. flashy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it is kind of like a lot of a lot of uh uh stuff that feels laborious in there too. You know what I mean? Yes. But compared to like overlooking view which is a very short very cool movie where you don't have to think a lot and like sick shit happens Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Um, yeah overlooking view is still like by a pretty wide margin my favorite one of these and that's just not an experience they were ever going to replicate right yeah okay i i heard you say this before i'm curious what makes overlooking view number one for you because it's definitely not for me um i think it is because there is no other context uh, to, like, what's happening It's in the it. vibes. It's entirely vibes. It is entirely, like, the experience of watching uh-huh. it, which it's is... Shiki fighting her doll hand while it tries to kill her shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, which is different from, like, what I usually come to Nasu for. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not, like, an insult to the rest of these, because I no. think K&K, on the whole, is actually my favorite, like, Nasu thing mm-hmm. so far. Um, but I think it just like captured a very, uh, specific mood, um, in a way that I do enjoy mood pieces in like movies. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is, I feel like, um, K and K for me has like settled into, there's Tsukihime sits in the sweet spot for me between like how edgy and rough around the edges K and K can be and like how Mm -hmm. kind of like cleaned up. Uh, cleaned up in a certain sense i feel like fate state night is you know yeah tsukihime has a lot of the same like tone and ideas that are being played with in k and k but executes on them in ways that i just think are more interesting you know Mm -hmm. in ultimate or not all of them but a lot of like the edgy stuff gets like sanded down enough you know yeah i do Um, think k and k has a lot of opportunities to like zag where they zigged instead and like doesn't take them Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah I, i've had a good time with kk it's definitely i'm definitely it's gonna end up pretty high on my list and it's controversial probably going to end up higher than fate's day night mm. almost certainly i um, also think this is my favorite like looking thing i've seen from ufotable mm-hmm. i i think i, I just seen a lot of ufo table stuff sorry ufo just... table ufo table is that it ufo table it's U- ufo table ufo, ufo table. table okay i um, think as they have gone on the the digitalness of their work has like crossed a line in my head but that only happened like in the last two years yeah did they do unlimited blade works anime they did okay that that's something i've seen by them I don't think I didn't like it very much, but I don't have a lot of thoughts about what it was animated like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of this looks really good, you know. Yeah, some of the, like... there is some weird C, like weird CG occasionally that like mm-hmm. sticks out, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I like the way that Shiki's eyes looks. Fujino's eyes look kind of strange. You know what I mean? They look kind <laughs> yes. of like a Pokemon card effect. Uh, we we are putting someone in eight movies versus one movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but I've definitely had a great time with this. It's been a great break from long written works also. Oh, I bet. Uh, which we have like a Melty Blood manga to do next, right? Or what are we doing? Oh, no, we're doing Melty Blood game. 
And then the monk. Actress again? Yeah, I think so. That doesn't have very much to it, does it? It's probably going to be a short episode. Yeah. If anyone <laughs> wants to guest on that and just hang out for Yuri Tea Time, let us know. Um, so we have that. We have a Melty Blood manga. Then we're going to Hollow Ataraxia, which I hear from some people, and I'm very, very skeptical of this, is the greatest type moon work ever made. I've been told that it is the type moon thing that will like cater specifically to my tastes. Uh-huh. Sorry. It's multiple act cadenza. Act cadenza. Actress again is different. Yes. So I guess I really need to go finish <laughs> Fate Stay Night. Yeah, you're in the home stretch. Uh I I was kind of down on Heaven's Feel, uh but I do think that some of the ending stuff really worked for me, you know. I have kind of been feeling the itch again lately, so it might be time. Yeah, you just, uh, where were you? What day were you on? Like 10 or 11. Okay, that's not going to take you that, that long. Just build, no. build through the rest of it. And then, you know, Hollow Ataraxia, I think, has a lot of, like, fun hangout stuff in it. I think That's it, what I'm fucking here for. Yeah, see, I'm only halfway here for fun hangout stuff. Because uh, I like edgy shit and, uh, <laughs> and lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... If if all Hollow Ataraxia is is uh, Kagetsu Toya executed well, I'll be very happy. Yeah, I'll take it. <sighs> Kagetsu Toya was so bad. Besides that one uh, <laughs> short story that was um, K and K six, but done well. <laughs> it sounded rough. I let's see. I think there are more good parts of there is i'm being uh like I, i'm exaggerating yeah but so much of king of uh, uh kagetsu toya was so rough <laughs> mm-hmm. okay ben you have any last thoughts about k and k7 um you had a good time with it yeah I, I softened up on it after the group watch. This is this is kind of why I don't like doing group watches first, because I feel like I get uh, caught up in the mood, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that this movie, I needed to, to like, really uh, hone in on what was interesting about it past the uh, bananas drug propaganda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And Rio just, like, screeching and being annoying the whole time. I do... There are, yeah, I just don't like it when a boy is screechy and annoying. Yeah, I don't like it when girls are either. Uh huh. But like, yeah, I just, I just really don't like the villain type who is so over the top that you're obviously supposed to absolutely uh, hate them. Uh huh. So that when they get, when they finally get defeated by the hero, it's like, oh yeah, hell yeah. They did yeah, it. This I'm like, like I'm specific just type this. of guy. Like Rio is such a generic delivery of his archetype. Yeah. yeah. I do think And his that, archetype is like bad by default. Well, his archetype is to devour. <laughs> 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 okay. I will say that uh I think that and this I don't think it makes up for how much of a pain in the ass he has to deal with the whole time, but I think that they kind of like try and like undercut the expectations of that by having hit the scene where he actually dies when she actually kills him it's just it's over in like a second you know mm-hmm. what i mean it yeah. doesn't matter because he never mattered yeah he doesn't get a, a monologue at the end she she gets she cuts him off and he just sort of dies and then the only other thing we see of him is just like a pile of meat you know what i mean mm-hmm. and 
it is played not as wow isn't it so cool that this like super villain is defeated it's played as doesn't it suck that Shiki had to do this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so that that stuff is interesting but like it's it's hard to thread the needle for me for a villain who just is really annoying and then they die yes you know because uh-huh. like I didn't like it when, uh, what's his face, uh, Alba from uh, Can't K5 was on screen either, you know? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Alba also one of these guys uh-huh. who I'm just like, I want, I don't want him, I want him gone. No, not in the way that I'm going to cheer when he's gone, in the way that I just wish he never existed. Yeah. One of the worst parts is I feel like I can easily imagine a guy with this same like backstory being an interesting character. Yeah. You know, if he was like less of a screechy little freak, uh, hopped yeah. up on drugs, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, like the concept of his like devour thingy is cool. I would like to see a character who was actually about that. Well, this is kind of what I was saying about it being Yumizuka. Mm-hmm. Yumizuka mm-hmm. comes like basically from the same place. You know what I mean? She's like, uh, an ordinary person who likes someone who's kind of a freak and uh ends up leading into being a monster and like realizing that that's not what they wanted kind of but now they're kind of in it and they can't really do anything about it uh and then finds out that the person that they were in love with isn't into it anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> so they can't mm-hmm. even have the happy monster ending with them mm-hmm. you know you know but um Yumizuka is a much more sympathetic character given that uh, it's all kind of thrust onto her. Mm-hmm. Whereas he like murders a guy and then gets sickified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Maybe maybe the Yumizuka route will give us what we what we want when they finally release that in 15 to 30 years. <laughs> you can do it, Nasu. I believe in you. Yeah. Wait. Oh, right, yeah. Red Garden is coming. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Red Garden is coming in five, ten years. That has a Yumizuka root, right? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Or, I... okay, they never said it has a Yumizuka root. They've said that it has uh, four roots. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it would be the funniest Arihiko route. Finally. <laughs> Anyone else besides to make it a new character instead of Yumizuka would be the funniest weird thing. That Red Garden is 18 plus. They <laughs> <laughs> needed a new, they like Yumizuka never got those sex scenes, so they had to put Oh, them. Arihiko never got those Arihiko sex scenes. never got his sex scenes either. Oh. <sighs> Oh boy. Please release a fan disc that is just like three Yumizuka and three Arahiko sex scenes. <laughs> we did see some of her, uh, some of the fa- like, uh, not fan art, the uh, like concept art from her root in plus disc. Yeah. But uh-huh. they're withholding the Arahiko stuff from us. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, sorry, a low energy episode from me because I'm. I should have eaten something before we you sat eaten down. Something and... More than one bite of my protein bar. I should have yeah. eaten something too, but you know how it goes. Wait, uh, what episode is this? This is fifty-two. We're when part of the abnormal mapping network. Two years. Oh, next one. Next, next one. one will be our like. 
two year anniversary. Good time to have the epilogue for Kane K. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um Go listen to other abnormal mapping podcasts. Mm-hmm. Go listen to Novel Not New. Mm-hmm. Play Mahoyo so you can listen to the Novel Not New on Mahoyo that I was part of. Because uh, I had a lot of fun. And also that game rules. I can't play Mahoyo. I hear um, it's good. I read a little bit of the beginning like, early stuff with my while trying to f- trick my wife into becoming an anime person. Uh, yeah, I don't know that it worked. Nasu is very long-winded. <laughs> yes. Uh anime or wow visual novel writers are long-winded yes but also nasu yeah sure i just yes yeah um we are doing a nasu podcast we could dunk on the man a little bit ina where can people find you uh where can't you can find me on twitter at poifa p-o-y-f-u-h i don't really tweet i don't know why i always plug my own twitter uh I'm, I'm not a good follow uh <laughs> I, I have a podcast called it's all stover my co-host and i read the novels of a mildly successful sci-fi and fantasy author matthew stover We're about halfway done that's pretty good oh wow um, y'all are motoring we do about one a month which is a solid pace mm-hmm. um we're in the star wars minds right now mm. so about to take a break and get back to an original book which is nice mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the star wars books are good too but i i enjoy his original works are you not um, you're not a star wars person i i am a person who used to be a star wars person when i was a teenager I and see. now i have a distantly informal relationship with it i see you're separated but, I, but you keep in t- contact Last i have a lot star of it wars like perfect. still lodged in my brain Mm-hmm. against my will mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. wish it was better mm-hmm. this is the opinion of many star wars people i think <laughs> yes this is my opinion about a lot of things this is also true something we often say because matthew stover is a good writer and his books are good we're like oh yeah what if star wars was like this all the time we love it we mm-hmm. wish it was good mm-hmm. you know what's so, good andor <laughs> andor fucking slaps it's I so sick awful. I think I watched the second episode of Andor with Fen. I'm really not a Star Wars person. I have zero nostalgia for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what a way to live. The only Star Wars stuff I saw when I was young was uh, the scene from the prequels of General Grievous fighting. And I was like, ah, that guy's sick as hell. He is. He's and really that was cool. His... Yeah. <laughs> I think he dies in that scene. <laughs> yeah. I may have yeah. put it off before that. That's very funny. <laughs> um what else do we say then where can people find you on the internet oh um fanic underscore fox on twitter mm. i don't really tweet that much i mostly just retweet fan art blue archive fan art these days and arc nights sometimes oh yeah yeah, yeah. A lot oh, of blue i downloaded archive. blue archive yesterday oh no, oh, no. Yeah. I, you, you should have started about it. it too much you should have started it so that we could talk about it. <laughs> I wanted to. I didn't have time. And then you sprung the trails thing on me when I got here. Okay, okay. You play a bunch of Blue Archive. And then <laughs> we will have a combo episode where we talk about Arknights and Blue Archive with you and Marin. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Marin does not play Blue Archive. Not yet. 
don't think <laughs> I'm sure she'd appreciate it. it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Marin knows read about story. it from us. Blue Archive, <laughs> I think I have probably said this into a mic before. Blue Archive has one of the wildest variances in between how the player character is written in the main story mm-hmm. and how they are written outside of the main story. Yeah. Oh, uh, and one of those is pretty good. And like <laughs> you being a teacher is important for the the story. And the other of those is you're a freaking pervert. You're and creep. isn't it hot when teachers go out with their students? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know this was an element of it. Oh, Ina, how did you miss this? Um, okay, okay, yes, yes. The, the, the setup <laughs> is that you are the only teacher yep. in a city full of uh, uh, berserk schoolgirls with hot, heavy weapons that are real weapons that can kill people, except for they're immune to them. Not immune. <laughs> Almost Just immune. Fuck. Okay. Resistance. So, so there is like bond stories with the, the girls that are varying levels of like, this is fine. And also this is a little I, too much. I do feel like there has been a mandate more recently to make those normal. <laughs> <laughs> like they've like, a lot of the launch ones are like, Oh, this is, what are you, I'm just going to like curl up somewhere and, and feel awful about myself. And then uh-huh. they, they do get better. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's definitely, I've called it before the most morally reprehensible gotcha that I, that I play. And I, (laughs) I stand by that. I also think it it has like, it's the record holder for 15 year old with the biggest titties I've ever seen. So I play Arknights in bed next to my partner and I play Blue Archive, uh, at work alone. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have no shame anymore. I, my uh, uh, one more uh my wife story heather uh i played a game with her a few times where i show her the regular art for blue archive characters and get her to guess how horny and in what way is it going to be horny when i switch to like the animated live 2d uh art of them oh jeez she's not very good at the game <laughs> some of those live 2ds are really cute yeah and then like like uh hoshino favorite <laughs> character of mine she's very sad it rules um her yeah her live 2d is just like her in an aquarium going like oh fish hers now her swimsuit version is a little is a little spicy anyway you know tell please tell us about it if if you play more uh, any blue archive because i think it's genuinely a very interesting and fun game and also it does make you feel kind of gross for playing it sometimes Mm -hmm. but that's gotchas (laughs) yep uh have you said where people can find you ben i'm ben ends I'm not in Chicago anymore. No. I consider myself to be from Chicago. Mm. I am on Twitter at Ben Ends and at Doom Gender. Doom Gender is where I sometimes talk about the visual novel I'm working on. I spent the last two weeks doing real physical charcoal drawings of all the backgrounds for the first part of this visual novel. They look cool as hell. Yeah, they look cool. I used to do charcoals and other uh, stuff when I was in college. I don't really do it anymore. So, you know, they're not as good as they could be, but... I think they look good, but also every inch of my desk and computer screen is now coated in charcoal dust. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm finally, I finally finished so I can clean that up now and move on to other things, but. Oh, these are so cool. Huh? Oh, where'd you find them? Uh, on your, the Twitter account that you <laughs> just said. <laughs> you posted oh, right. one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the, 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 the one with like the archways? 
Yeah. That's my, that's, see, the trick is that's the best one that I did. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yes, I'm very happy with it. Uh, So yeah, look forward to my game, my mixed media visual novel about girls who kill each other in a fancy house. Hell yeah. I will. Uh Uh-huh. Um, is there anything else that we say? Next time we're covering uh, no Kyokai, the epilogue. Yep. Um, is there a name for that? Uh, it's just epilogue. Epilogue? I think it's just epilogue. It's just going to be the two of us. Yes. If, speaking of just being the two of us and Blue Archive, if you would like to guest on an episode, we've revamped our guesting process. Oh, yeah. We had, we had a, we have a guest list. We let people sign up for whenever they want so people signed up for seven years in advance on various uh <laughs> fate things we decided to nuke the list and start over yes we do have guests for uh the melty blood manga because that those episodes are mostly going to be about Khalil effect overdose mm-hmm. and the marie novel mm-hmm. um and uh for holodraxia yeah i left lauren on but um uh beyond that if you would like to guest reach out to us yes. if you're Discord chill or, be uh, chill yeah you know we we reserve the right to say like yeah no, but preferably uh i would love it if mostly we we're ge- having guests who we've like talked to before yeah. you know in abnormal mapping or in our uh crying rule server so yeah. uh go go catch us on one of those and uh, chat uh with us and then... have a chat and then maybe guest on something yeah cool mm-hmm. is that everything uh no we did not say what's our yuri tea time for next episode Oh, is it melancholia? melancholia? Yeah. Hmm. Right. Right. Back to back to the little Lars mine, huh? <laughs> Can we do something else as well? Something. Yeah, good? I was gonna say since it's just us, do you want to do a second thing? Yeah, I would love to. Beth. But what? Why are you doing melancholia? Okay, this is a joke. You have not listened to the podcast up to here yet. Uh, we read on Fen's suggestion a uh. Uh, excellent anthology ish uh manga called melancholia uh by oh, domen okay. Sion? simon yeah simon 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 uh which is takes the premise of lars von Trier's melancholia kind of and does uh, a lot of very cool shit with it it's a fantastic manga i highly recommend it very okay. weird um it's got it's got everything in it <laughs> It's got the Mario hole. It's got uh, girls uh, starting a fad where they remove the organs of the boys they like. Uh, it's got Hell pancreas yeah. deep throating. Oh, I'm on board. What a time. Uh, but I joked that we should watch the movie Melancholia because of this. So this and is unrelated to you watching Antichrist. No, and then so, we realized it's part of a trilogy, an informal yes, okay. trilogy of Lars von Trier stuff, which we've never watched any of his stuff before. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I joked that we should watch all three in the trilogy, and Ben was like, "Hell yeah, we should do that." And then we watched Antichrist, and we were like, "Well, maybe we'll just finish with Melancholia." <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's that is more or less the conversation we had. Mm-hmm. Um let's also do Bokura no Hentai. Oh, okay. I've been meaning to read that. That'll anyway. be fun to chat about. That's like a gendery uh manga, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The the premise is it's a three protagonists. Um all three of them cross dress for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um and they meet up. 
Yeah. And then it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll probably talk about the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but. How long is it? Eight volumes. Oh, that's volumes. pretty long. We could just talk about the beginning. Yeah, I'll probably do, read but... it all. I have some time. Um, yeah. I, it's the kind of thing that is like, even if you've listened to our discussion, if it sounds interesting, mm-hmm. it's hard to like spoil in yeah, that yeah. way because it's just like it's very slice of lifey. Yeah, like like something like a Koku Nikki, where it's like, yeah, sure, we talked the hell out of that. You did not get the experience of reading Koku Nikki. Yeah, uh huh. The art is really good. Um, yeah, it should be fun to so, talk about. We'll do the Lars von Trier movie Melancholia. <laughs> yes, and Bokura no Hen- uh, Hentai. Yes. Okay. Cool. And the epilogue of K and K. And yep. oh, uh questions for K and K. Oh. We haven't asked for questions at all. We should ask for questions for K and K. Send those to crying rules actually at gmail.com. Yes. Um Please, we please. I don't I think we might have one. Oh, we have one? That's nice. I'm not sure that we do. Mm-hmm. But we you probably won't have any questions. questions. Because who's gonna have questions about old melty blood manga? Yeah. Um <laughs> Honestly, send us questions about anything we've covered so far. Yeah. I'll talk about Tsukihime. I'll yeah. talk about Fate's Day. Oh, I'll talk about Tsukihime any day. Uh, I'll talk about Saber. Don't, She's so cool. Don't send us anything about uh, something Fen has covered, namely uh, Mahoyo. Yeah. Which on the Holy Night, because I haven't read that yet, and it cannot until much later. Yeah. Okay. I said we. Anything we have covered. I'm just collectively. I'm just saying. Together. People think sometimes think of uh, guests or, or like hosts as one unit. You know mm. what I mean. So I just want to cut that off at the pass. Okay. Anything yeah. else? Um. How long have we been running? Four twelve. Four thirteen. Not too bad. Yeah. Nailed it. All right. Thank you so much for coming, Ina. Oh yes, we forgot to thank Joy you for having, having me. Yes, yes. I like being here. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I hope you had fun talking about this uh, this m- movie and watching all of it in yeah. like, the space of a couple days. It sounds like I, you had fun. Yeah, I, I liked K&K a lot as a whole, and also I did it to myself. No one else to blame. Yes. <laughs> you love to do this kind of thing to yourself, it feels like. I love to my make mistakes defense, and have no one else to blame. I had a sick cat this time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Her fault. Uh-huh. I was, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's but I had an excuse. I could have managed never, my time better, but I did. would never judge you, Ina. But I do say, when you when and if you do guest again, I can't wait to see what kind of uh, absurd <laughs> challenge you've set for yourself this time. <laughs> uh, if Ina ever guests again, it'll have to be at the beginning slash end of an anime season. <laughs> <laughs> Ina becomes our reoccurring guest who only talks about <laughs> and ending and beginning anime seasons while not engaging with them at all. Yeah. I will do whatever homework you want me to do. You're such this is, joy, you said uh, that with like the cadence of a kid who's like, I'll eat a bug for a quarter. <laughs> we can't pay you. We're not, <laughs> we're not even paying you. It's just fun. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It, and is it makes fun. me feel like I've accomplished something. It's very fun and, to set stupid challenges for yourself. Mm-hmm. Said the yeah, and I watched like four shows I wouldn't have watched otherwise that were really good. So Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes think, sometimes new anime coming out is good. This is Yeah. It's fun it's fun doing stuff for the pod mm-hmm. that is like or 
it is interesting he's doing stuff for the pod that is like, well, I guess I'm glad that I did this for the podcast because I never would have done this on my own. It was mm-hmm. miserable. Uh, like Reefer but- Madness. <laughs> <laughs> Reefer Madness, uh, the most of Kagetsu Toya. Uh-huh. Um, but then it is fun doing stuff like this where it's like, yeah, these are just good movies. Yeah, okay, was great. Like, they're just fun. Yeah. <sighs> We've got a new trial coming up uh, in that me and Fen have been down on Gra- Fate Grand Order for a while, but the story chapter Lost Belt 6 is coming in uh like a month and a half or something like that. It's the thing that people like I-, I hear it talked about as having like basically turned around Fate Grand Order. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh and we can't talk about it on this podcast because we're not covering it. Yes. But we do have to get through it because we're gonna have servants who need materials from yes. it and stuff. Yes, we do have. We are going to play it, and we do have to play it, but we can't talk about it. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. This podcast getting to fake Grand Order is going to be uh, just like a nightmare. It's going to be such a weird experience. It's not We're that so far away. away. It's like, a are you just years, planning right? to like watch them on YouTube for the story content at that point, or are you making fresh accounts? Oh, that would be no. You, I am going to replay it on my uh, phone with uh, the like the feature that lets you go back and watch all the cutscenes. I'm gonna yeah. I hate YouTube videos. I hate auto advancing text in Yeah, same. Novels. I can't handle that. Yes. So, I've been playing almost since since a few months after launch. I have all of it on my phone. <laughs> uh by accident. This was my introduction to Fate. Mhm. <laughs> um, Many so, people's story is like this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I wanted to play Grand Blue Fantasy and couldn't figure out how to get the web app thing working because uh, it scared and confused me. So I downloaded the next gotcha that I saw, which was Fate Grand Order. And now I'm doing a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. Happens to the best of us. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, that'll be it'll be really interesting to cover. It's going to be miserable to reread, especially because we have to reread the early stuff, uh, which is bad <laughs> unilaterally. And... Um- yeah. What? We should we should alternate who rereads which singularity. I am not rereading all of those early singularities. I I'm will so read sorry. all of them for you. Okay. I will skim them. I'm grimacing right now. I'm happy to take notes on some we can talk about this when we're closer. Um yes, I'm like, sorry. What, a year or two away. <laughs> Let's see. So we are currently at Number 17 on our list. The first Fate Grand Order thing is 59. <laughs> okay. So that's pretty good. Getting far. there. Now, a lot of that stuff is short, though. Yes. A lot of these are going to be one or one two episodes. episodes. One or two episodes. Because it's like Hollow Ataraxy is going to take us a while. Fate Extra is going to take us a while. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Extra is probably going to be three. CCC, I hear, is really long, so that's going to take a while. Oh, I'm so excited for CCC. We have to read that in Japanese, though. Well, there, there will be, a, be trans- a translation by the time we get there. Listen, it's years away. I'm reading I'm reading something in Japanese right now. Maybe no. I'll just do it anyway, as a no. flex. I am, I am hoping <laughs> to get to the point where we can talk about CCC and read it in Japanese. Uh, my Tsukihime remake update... Uh, I finally got to see a picture of Kohaku, and I'm very excited about that. Spoilers! Kohaku is still in the remake. 
Spoilers, the Kahaku's in the remake. Uh, right now, her hobbies, as far as I can tell, incl- include uh, staring at Shiki and being voiced by the dragon maid from uh, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, she's a maid expert. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really funny things on this list. I forgot that we had Thunderbolt Fantasy on this. It is nonsense of us to have Thunderbolt Fantasy on this list. It is mistyped as Thunderbolt Fantasy. (laughs) Thunderbolt Fantasy. (laughs) Maybe we'll watch that on the side and then do an episode about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll end up doing. Instead of like covering the whole thing, which will take a (laughs) long time. Yes. Um, it is very funny to look at our future uh, on this list mm-hmm. and like the the trials and tribulations that lie ahead of us. Okay, this has been an episode of Fate Moon Archive. Yeah, that's the name of our podcast. I did forget it for about. Uh, well, you can listen to this and figure <laughs> out how long it took me to remember the episode. I'm uh, gonna comedy add a longer pause in there. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> ben is so mean to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, this has been Fate Moon Archive. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Uh, this is probably our longest outro. We usually just like vamp during the intro, and then yeah. like outros are like me going, Oh my god, we're done. Okay, we're done. And on that um. note, Fen, take us out. <laughs> Fen? Um, have you forgotten our <laughs> outro? One day, let's meet in the digital sea.
What? Took you a bit. Yeah, it was a little bit of a like, I'm going to pause for comedic effect. <laughs> and then it was, wait a sec, what do I say here? Oh, shit. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. <sighs> okay. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. If you wouldn't mind, yeah, you should. <laughs> I, I, I'm taking a principled stand against <laughs> recording. I do but, have a, I do have a backup recording. Uh huh. Oh, Ida's be, being um, hard headed, difficult, mm. <laughs> obstinate. Graciously <laughs> That's invited what I was back to your for. show. I'm going to be Many a real piece cases. of shit about it. That's my new thing. After the incident last time, we let Ina back on. <laughs> Uh, are you two at time.is slash just? Yes. Slash yes, just? Okay, it, you can just do time.is. Fen insists on using dot, dot, uh, just, slash just. I'm right, do you want to say whatever inane quote there is today? Okay, okay, I will read the quote. The master has failed more times than the beginner has ever tried. See, that's not really about time, but yeah, well, time is in it. <laughs> they say time. Okay, that's very funny. <laughs> Stephen McCrane. Oh, is this another self-help? No, no, this is a comics artist. Oh my fucking god! He did a series called Space Boy. Space Boy. Yeah, I gotta look up Space Boy. Yeah, the art looks fine. Z cutie. Uh, I don't know who space who the space boy is. There's a lot of boys on these. There's also a like woman who looks like she's from the Jetsons holding a gun. Space woman. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. Okay, now there's just a horrible shot of some teeth on my screen. Well, you can't steal <laughs> Astro Boy this hard. <laughs> Why are these? The horrible teeth haunting me. <laughs> Great question, but um, oh, they're gone. Okay, so uh, what's going we, on over there? Do we want to clap? Yes. Oh, I closed time about this for some reason. <laughs> okay, uh, at ten seconds. Wait, where did I? Never where mind. Did time about this go. Oh, it's right there. I'm a goomba. Seventeen seconds. Uh, Fen, mm. I heard that click. That was at the wrong time. No, I know. It just has to be roughly in the right place. Okay, okay. Ina, did you clap? I did clap. Okay. It was like an advertisement for a dental place, and it had like dentures that looked upsettingly real with like metal bolts coming out of the top of them. What the fuck? Yeah, it was some like, it was some like K&K body horror. Okay. Are we ready, more or less? Yeah. I feel punchy this episode. I haven't really had breakfast. Oh, shit. Neither have I. I had a bite of a protein bar. I had the rest of the protein bar. Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, <laughs> a podcast about waiting through 20 years of tight moon. Oh, I got to turn us down. We're too loud. You're going to have to try that again. Take a second pass at it. Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of tight moon. I'm your host, Fen, and joining me is... I'm your co-host, Oh, ben my pronouns are Fayfair. <laughs> you want to get a clean pass of that, Fen? 
Ah, uh, the legendary triple intro once again. <laughs> Listen, it's been so episode, long. Last episode was our shortest ever. We cannot <laughs> ever let that happen again. 